Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, people. Most definitely, one word I got to say is how you doing. <laughs> Maybe there might be more than one word, but still. Somebody got to realize what the heck I'm about to say out of my mouth. This day, right, I had an issue. And today is Monday. Usually people have issues on a Monday. I don't know. Maybe because they feel as though Sunday they went to church and they caught a lot of drama after they came out of church and it happened to become Monday. That's why they call it Monday morning blues you know, or Monday morning whatever. I don't even know. But I had thought of this topic, and I was like, where did this come from? And the topic that I had in my mind at one time was 2017, what are, you know, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> you know, man, that might be even better, because if I forgot what I was going to tell you, it wasn't supposed to be said. How about that? That's, that? that's what I call God. Because everything happens for a reason. So, to make the, you know, show move a little bit forward, to take you to another level, I had called Minister Calvin Myers, and he said, yo, you know what? Why don't we go from Ecclesiastes 3 and 1? A time and a season. And that's what the show was about today. And he's going to break it down even to, you know, the finer measurements, so you can be able to understand it totally all the way through. Because there's some people who don't know, and there's some people who do know, and some people out there, they act like they know. But do you really know? So welcome to Sound City Radio. Here, I'm always about freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. But all I ask for you to do is be real, be safe, <laughs> and be ready. If you want to, you know, participate with this show called Church, you may dial this number 724-444-7444 and put the PIN number in 143906-POUND. Welcome to Church by your true friend, Will of God, with my special anointed guests, and speakers. Today you might get a change. Today you might get a new purpose. Today you might get a life. Thank you. 
So, people, just to give you a chance to get ready, I might as well take you to another place in time. Minister Calvin Myers. Praise the Lord, everybody. How's everybody doing? Uh, I know it's hot outside and the weather's changing. And honestly, we've been enjoying this heat wave. Some people say, I don't like the heat. And then some people embrace it. But I tell you like this, for the summertime, I'd rather deal with this heat than to have to go outside and shovel up snow. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. But it's always good to be able to get on this radio uh, station with my buddy Will's church radio show. This is awesome show. It's, it is truly a blessing. And this is what we do. We build up people. We equip the body of Christ. We try to strengthen the body of Christ. It's all about talking and sharing and just dialogue, dialoguing. So today, my friends, we're going to go into the book of Ecclesiastic. Um, I got another friend out there uh, by the name of Kevin Keyes. If he's out there, Kev, just uh, say hello. Come on in, brother, and let's see what you got to say, my friend. Um, we're going into Ecclesiastic. Kevin is there. Will is there. And I hope that if you are listening in that you don't mind pushing star eight if you have any questions or you would like to add to it. <clears throat> like Will said, it's a free. It's open to everybody. So we got some who are saved listening. We have those who are not saved listening. We have those who are of different religion that is listening. So those of you who are out there and you're saved and you got word in you, you're a word man of God and your word, woman of God, put that star eight if you need to say something, something need to be said. I enjoy hearing the mighty women of God voice their opinion as well as the mighty men of God. Uh, we're not a respectable person on this show, uh, but we are respectable principles. Amen? And that word principle means basic Christian elementary truth. And when you say what we're dealing with principle, we're dealing with the principles are Matthew five, six, and seven. We call it the Beatitudes. But today we're going to run hard into the book of Ecclesiastic. We want to talk about this book. This is a very interesting book. Uh, the word Ecclesiastic and the Greek word, it means assembly. Sometimes you could say Ecclesia. And in the Hebrew word, it means one who assembles. So it has dealing with assembly. In the days of old, in the book of Acts, they would come together. There was no building like we see right now, 30,000, 20,000, 5,000. It was just people coming together, assembling themselves to have Bible study. So I would like to do this thing. If you may just tolerate with me for about 10 more seconds, I just want to open up in prayer. <coughs> Excuse me. And I want to go into the. We like to pray before we go into the word that God favor and His hand will be upon the radio station and everything that we do. We always want to just give God glory and invite Him in. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you that you would give us word of wisdom, word of knowledge, that you would give us insight, discernment. God, I pray that you will come into this radio station, become boss, show yourself strong. God, it's about you, not about us. 
God, move by your spirit, build up your people, strengthen them, equip them, give them the tools they need in this hour to endure hardness as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, you don't want us to be weary and well-doing. For you said in the book of Jeremiah, if the foot soldiers had wearied thee, how would you contend with the horsemen? God, we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of your might. You gave us a time and a season to do things because you build us to do these things in this hour. This is pleasing in your eyes. Now, Lord, we pray that you would bring in every wonder in mind, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord. God, bring in the people's mind, their thoughts, Lord. Let them hear clearly what is being said and not misunderstood. You said wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And all of our getting, get understanding. Give us understanding, God. Let us know that it's about you and your kingdom, Lord. It's not about us. It's not about our church. It's not about what organization we belong to. We are a body of Christ, God. And when we get the glory, there will be no more assemblies of churches. There will be one body, the saints of the Most High God. So God, move by spirit as they tune in. God, give them the words they need, the strength they need, the encouragement they need in this hour. In the name of Jesus, God, we pray for your people, God. You gave us a weapon, a tool. You made us higher than the angels, Lord. You gave us your word. You made us in the image and the likeness of you, God. So, God, we want to walk into those principles and expound on the things that you've given unto us freely, Lord. We thank you for all what you've done and what you're going to do and how you're going to continue to move into the midst of us. God, we thank you for the growth of those who will tune in and hear and grow in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. What we want to do today, folks, we thank God for all of you. Was that Kevin or was that you, Will? Who was that? Praise the Lord, Brother Calvin and uh, 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 Brother Will. This this is Kevin. Hey, man. Kev, how are you, sir? Good to hear all, you. All is well in the Lord, brother. All is well in the Lord. I'm just excited to see how the Holy Spirit is going to move on this topic. Hey, Amen. So we're going to go into this word. Y'all hear my friend Kevin Keyes is there. Will is there. Uh, so it's good when we can get men and women coming together, y'all. I've seen God use men that is incredible with each gift that he's given them. I've seen, and I have friends who can preach the lights out. I have friends who can teach circles around you. I have friends who got prophetic gifts that's incredible. I still marvel at them. If you came in a presence, they know everything about you. They may not even tell you that at the time. They would just hold a conversation with you. I have friends who have the gift of healing. God has blessed people with gifts, male and female. It doesn't matter. I've been around females who will walk all up and down your backside with the word, strong in the word, bold in the word, know how to break down the word. So God uses people. He uses people as an instrument in his hand. And this is why I love this book, Ecclesiastes. In most cases, people will love to sit down and talk with Bill Gates or Warren Buffett. I promise you, they would love to talk with them. Well, today, we're going to talk about the richest man who ever walked the face of the earth. We're going to go into his mind, how he viewed life, what happened, how he started off, how he finished. So we're going to talk about a man named Solomon. This man, Solomon, his name means peace. Man, that's powerful. Can you imagine someone naming you the name Peace? 
That means you're not going to have troubles, not problems, not sickness, but your name is peace. And one of the things that I love about Jesus sometimes when he will he would show up or the angel would show up, they would say, fear not. Uh, but I love the ideal of peace. Nobody wants war, contention, strife, backbiting, confusion, don't like sort of peace. That's a name to have. So anytime you see someone when someone who has the name Solomon, you're saying peace, okay? I got a dear friend of mine, a buddy of mine named Solomon, too. He's a powerful young man in the Lord, and uh, that's my boy. And we would hit up each other. We haven't talked in a while, but he has a powerful name. You know what I mean? So we're going to go into this book. We're going to talk about Solomon. Now, Solomon, he is the son of King David. He's heir to the throne. He grew up as a young man here in praise, worship, his daddy writing psalms. He had a father who killed bears, who killed lions, who wiped out the Philistines. I mean, this dude, dad, was no joke. So if you fall, fall in line and follow in a legacy like that, you know you got to step up to the plate. You can't afford to be a fool. So Solomon is falling behind the trend of David's father, the sweet psalmist, the man that God raises up to be the king one day, the one who was sitting out there with the sheep who his brothers didn't even invite him to his own inauguration. That's what I call it, the inauguration. When Samuel the prophet showed up, his father walked it with great men. Saul was a great man. King Saul was a great man. Most cases we talk about his issues, how an evil spirit came upon him. But Saul was a man that God chose. He was the first king. The people wanted a king. God chose Saul. The people didn't choose Saul. God did. They said, give us a king. But God told Sammy to go to the Benjamite house and find a king. And so Saul is anointed king, six foot four, handsome-looking man. He's well-bred. His family has money. He's a little shy. He's not trying to force his way in. But when he does get into that place, the prophet Sammy runs into him because he's looking for one of his animals, and he began to commune with Saul. And he told him, listen, he said, send your servant away. I got some words I need to tell you. So he tells Saul that these things are going to take place and all these different things, and God is going to give you a different heart, a different spirit. You're the one who's going to be the king. So he anoints Saul to be the king. And when the time came to present Saul to the people, Saul was a little shy. He was hiding. And Samuel said, where is he at? And the Lord said, he's there. He's hiding among the people. He's six foot four. He is the first king. He started off right, folks. Saul and Solomon had something in common. He started off right, but he ended up wrong. It's not how we start off, but it's how we finish. In fact, it was a book that I heard about, and I don't quite know who wrote the book, but you probably can Google it. It's called Finishing Strong. It talks about preachers in the 50s and 60s, who started off strong. Billy Graham was one of those preachers, and the name of quite a few other ones. They were powerful preachers when they started off, but they didn't finish strong. So it's not how you start off. You can be like the rabbit, bust out the box, took off. But then some of us is like the turtles, one step at a time. 
The Bible said a good man's steps are ordered by the Lord, and he delighted in all his going. So for those of you who are the rabbit, I'm talking to you. And for those of you who are the turtle, I'm talking to you. The Bible says don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you think not. A lot of times when we think God is going to come in and bless us, he doesn't come from that angle. He takes a whole different another, another route for the path. He has for our life. Some of you out there that's listening, God is training you where you're at right now, but eventually he's going to send you somewhere else where he's going to use you mightily. I love it when God raised up someone somewhere else and the people think it's going to be there, and then he takes them out of state and says, I got you to go over to California. That's where you're you're going to do a picture of where you're at. You, I'm sending you over here to Texas. You, I'm sending you up north to Connecticut. So God is something. He's, he's awesome, y'all. So never, ever think that where you at, you got to do your thing there. But in your time and your season where you're at, be content, be committed to the Lord and the work of the Lord. You have to build up yourself and develop yourself. So I want to deal with this thing right here. In this book of Ecclesiastes, Saul I'm sorry, not Saul. Solomon calls himself the preacher. Now, the word preacher means to proclaim or proclaim the gospel. Preaching really proclaiming something. He identified himself as the preacher in this book. And so here is the richest man that ever walked the face of the earth. Now, when Jesus came, he was the only one said, the queen of Sheba came to hear Solomon's wisdom. Behold, a greater than Solomon is here. The only one that was greater than Solomon was Jesus when he walked the face of the earth. And so one thing I love about Solomon, like I said earlier, most people would love to talk to a Bill Gates or Warren Buffett or billionaires, but this Solomon was the richest man in the whole world. For one, he had all the gold that one man's heart can desire. He had all the silver that a man's heart can desire. He had all the wives and concubines. I think it was 300 wives, 700 concubines, 1,000 women. He had everything a man could want. So if there was ever a man you would like to talk to, Solomon is the man. He had all the wisdom, incredible wisdom. If you sat down and talked with him, he would blow you away with the wisdom he had. It was a God-given, no doubt, God gave him, because David didn't do the thing that Solomon knew. When Solomon hit the floor running, he hit the floor hard. I mean, he went all the way in. When he got God's attention, and, folks, this is the saddest thing right now. We've learned how to get men attention, but not God. And this is why a lot of us are wondering why isn't God moving, because we know how to get men attention, that boss attention, whether it's your father or it was your mother or was it, uh, it could have been your friends, it could have been your family, relatives, it could be your pastor, the bishop, it could be people that's in the church, but are you striving to get God's attention? Solomon went in, he went all in after God, because he offered up all these sacrifices. And one of the greatest stories that I love about it is when the presence of God came in, the priest, Presence of God came in like a thick smoke. The priest couldn't even do ministry no more 
inside the temple. I mean, it was heavy, y'all. And one night as Solomon was sleeping, the Lord appeared to him. The people like to talk about a genie in the bottle, but we know that God will appear to people. He appeared to Solomon in a dream, and he asked Solomon to ask him what would he desire of him to do because he got God attention from offering up all these sheep and bullocks and offerings and oxen. I mean, he blew God away. He said, what would you have me to do for you? You got it. And Solomon said, give me wisdom. First, he talked about how great Israel was. He said, this is a great nation of all the earth. Nobody can rule and rule over a great nation such as this. He said, give me wisdom that I may know how to discern good and evil. Wisdom and an understanding heart. Solomon said, I got to rule these people. I wish a lot of people would do that right now. How many of you out there really pray and ask God to give you wisdom? The Bible said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give to all men liberally, liberally and upbraid it not. That means he doesn't hold it back from you. God wants to give you more than what you all, what you all can ever imagine, folks. Don't ever look at somebody else like they're a giant. All of us are brothers and sisters in the Lord. When we get to heaven, y'all, they're not going to call me teacher or evangelist. They're going to call me Brother Calvary. That's who I am. That's out of all the fivefold ministry. And, in fact, in the book of Revelation, they're all called the saints of the Most High God. There is no more titles. There is no more churches. You don't hear about no more churches, but you hear the saints of the Most High God. And for those of you who are listening, if you never got saved, you really need to tune in and hear what we're about to say. Because only the saints of the Most High God will possess the land forever. I'm telling you. So what Solomon got was wisdom. Blew the people away. He knew how to discern. He knew how to answer questions. He knew how to solve problems. This is why I love people who got the gift of administration. They can solve problems. I love being around people who have wisdom. And, folks, let me say this why I may. Now, I can't, I want you to add whatever God laid on your heart if you want to say something. I just want to say this. You can have wisdom and still make bad choices because it's what you do and how you utilize your wisdom. You can be a wise person, but jealousy can pervert your judgment and how you do things. Folks, let me share this with you. If you got wisdom, herein is the way wisdom is exercised. If you see somebody is anointed to do something, you may not like them for whatever stupid reason it might be. I got a problem when people say, I don't like them. Well, well, I got to love them, but I don't trust them. I bother and that that disturbs me because it's totally contrary to what this Bible said. God didn't tell us to like people. He didn't tell us to trust people. By this so all men know you are my disciples for the love you have one for another. Not the trust, not the like. Throw that vocabulary out. Get rid of it. Listen, heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. We got to love people. If you see that somebody's anointed to do something, you should never be insecure. Another man or another woman's gain is not your law. They got nothing to do with you. 
because what you see on that person's life has nothing to do with you and her, him and you. It has everything to do with the body of Christ. Remember we said this, the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from above. If you see a gift that's on somebody, they didn't get that gift themselves. God put that gift on them for the body of Christ. And many of us, we get in trouble with God when we try to hold each other back and block each other. If you have been, if you ever been in a leadership position, I'm not talking about the pastor, but you've been given a leadership position in a church or at the job or anywhere else, you may not agree with that person. Y'all may not see things eye to eye, but you know, you know they're the best at doing it. You better put that person in that place where they're supposed to be at. And you let God work out the details of your ego and their egos because, really, it's all about pride. That's really what it was. The Bible said only by pride cometh contention. It's only by pride. So bag up your pride. Put your pride aside. Go before daddy. Go before the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me for my view of this person. Help me to love this person in spite of what I think I see in them. The Bible says Christ came and he died for the ungodly, y'all. Listen, we got to love each other. It's not an option. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. People will never know how much you care until they know how much you really love them, how much you know. I'm sorry. People, will never, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. They got to see that you really care for them as an individual because there are a lot of people who are trapped. They are trapped in their spirit, and they want to talk to someone, but because a lot of times we shun them off or we think we're better than them or you should have came up by now or why you ain't got this or the Lord holding you back, and we can be very judgmental as saints, y'all, because people don't have what we have or they're not where we're at, and we don't understand the whole picture we didn't never consider the whole matter. We begin to judge them, not knowing God is bringing them along in time and in season, in his own season. It's some things he's getting in them. He's putting tools and packages in them because where he's taking them at. God may take you up faster than someone else, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to use this person. i never forget I heard Pastor Lake. Pastor Hinton said that when all his friends took off, they was gone and preaching and pastoring and God didn't move him yet. He was still serving God. He wasn't moved yet. And he said after all his friends died off, then God raised him up. Isn't that weird? Everybody got their own particular timing and what God going to use them. Because he's going to use them at a time that's suited for him. So at that time, with this being said, I want to go into this part right here. But before I do that, I want to hear my buddy Kevin and if there's anybody want to call in, just put star eight because there's a lot of stuff I got on the table right here, particular speech that I want to go into. I want to just share some things with you about Ecclesiastes chapter three, and we're going to go into this. Kevin, if you're there, I want you to come in. Let me know when you're ready to say something. Um, we're coming from the book of Ecclesiastes chapter three. Let me know when you're ready to say something. Kevin, are you ready to say something? Yes, praise the Lord, brother. I was just uh... – we're listening about the wisdom that we take from God. 
but your phone is breaking up. I don't know why, but it's, it's breaking up. It's going in and out. So you how, might want to just be. How you yeah, hear me you now? I can hear you, but uh, go ahead, go ahead, say something, bro. Yeah, I was just saying how the uh, the Queen of Sheba went. Yeah. Oh. Okay, you're still going. Now, I don't know if it's location, where you're, wherever you're located at. It might be that. But I want to hear what you got to say about Queen of Sheba. So what I'll do, I'll just read right now, and then I want you to come in and share that. Don't lose that thought, Kevin. We're reading from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, and it said, To everything there is a season. Now, a season comes and go, uh, and to every time, to every purpose under the heaven, to every now, and a time to every purpose, a time to every purpose. Remember that word purpose, y'all. Remember that word purpose. Kevin, are you ready? Wait a minute. Now, before Kevin, I want to let you know we do have a caller, but I want Kevin to go first and then the caller. So I'm about to unmute you right now. Wait after Kevin get done. Uh, caller, you're unmuted, and Kevin, proceed. Ke- I mean, Kelvin, proceed. What the? That's Kevin. No, you're right. That's Kevin. Yeah. Great, great. Jalord, how you hear me now? You, you sound good strong, bro. Okay, praise the Lord. I was just saying how we have to keep in mind that uh, with all the wisdom that King Solomon had, uh, as you were explaining how God he uh, God had asked him, uh, what do he desire from God? And he wanted the wisdom to lead the people. And, and God said, because he the head of his enemies, long life or riches, all that. She traveled. To hear what Solomon had to say, she also not only went to wisdom, but also died. And so the book of Proverbs, the book of Ecclesiastes, I'm still breaking up. I will. You go ahead. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up and I'm gonna call back. Okay. 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 Call. Call. Yeah. Go ahead. Call your life. I guess caller got to try to get their phone together. So we're going to wait on you, caller, but I just want to read this again. To everything there is a season and to and a time to every purpose under the heavens. Um, and so Solomon realized, here he is, he's talking about to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose underneath the heavens. When you hear what Solomon is talking about, in chapter 1, he opens up, and he begins to talk about generation coming and generation passing away in chapter 1. Then he talks about how he communes with his own heart. So he starts it off by talking about generation that comes, generation that pass away. And then he begins to look within himself and commune with his own heart. We call it in the earthly realm, most men, when they're about to die, they look back for legacy. His father does this. He looked at whether he raised his son the right way. He looks at generations. He starts thinking within himself. He may not talk about it, but he began to think about his generation that was before him, and then he looked at his generation that's going to come behind him. Now, 
I see that the caller is unmuted because I just heard a nice loud noise. So, caller, you're live on the air. Yeah, that's you. That's what I was just talking just now. We just heard you. Yeah, you're live on the air. What? Hello, caller. How you doing? How you doing over there? We can hear you loud and clearly. You want to speak now or forever hold your peace? Let me know. <laughs> okay. Hello? Yeah, there you go. Welcome to America. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> I didn't know I was mute. I didn't know I was on there. Praise How you doing? Oh, man. You live in America? You all right? You, you, you all right? You okay? <laughs> uh, this brother, Cal, Rodney Cal. Well, how Hello? you doing, brother? Yes, yeah, you got Minister Calvin right there talking to you, and this is okay, Will of God, and welcome to church. What would you like to say? Hey, brother Key, how you doing? Oh, okay. Hello? Yeah, we're here, Carla. Did you add a question or something you would like to add to it? Oh, uh, not right now, because my line is breaking up. Oh, I see. Okay, well, who are you, Carla? I'm right here at home in North Philadelphia. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, we just want to let you know we welcome you on the air. You're free to continue to listen. We're dealing with the book of Ecclesiastic right now. We're coming from the book of Ecclesiastic chapter 3, and we're dealing with a time and a season. And so this book was so popular that they made a song out of it. The song is a classic. But they took that song out of Ecclesiastic chapter three. The world did this, y'all. <laughs> Let me share this with you. All treasures and all good things and great things come from God. God sustains us by what He gives us. He gives us gifts, talent, ability. He gives things to prosper you. And when He gives you these gifts, it is up to you to utilize these gifts or to get around people who can help you cultivate that gift and make it stronger. One of the things I love about the Bible, it talks about the house of Saul and the house of David. It said, in the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker, and the house of David waxed stronger and stronger. How is this possible? Well, David was that type of leader that he made an impact on everybody around him. This is why, folks, it's very imperative that the gift you have around you that's in you, you got to sharpen it. Well, how do you sharpen it, Brother Calvin? The Bible says iron sharpens iron. You got to be around people who got different ability that's better than you and other uh, capacities. You got to be around men who are not jealous of your gift but embraces your gift and want to cultivate your gift. You got to be around people who is excited about what God is doing in your life. But they have a gift too, and you are excited about what God is doing in their life. I enjoy being around brothers and sisters who can do things that I can't do. I love it, man. I'm not insecure that. I embrace that because I love to sit back and watch God utilize them in that gift, and I marvel at God. Because I said, my God, Lord, you put these abilities in people's heart for the body of Christ. Because listen, y'all, I'm no fool. I realize whatever gift God gave you, he gave you that gift for me. And 
try to set you up or sit you down in some corner because I thought it was about me and I'm jealous of what God gave you. Listen, God is not a respectable person, y'all. Whatever you see, you can have. The question that you got to ask, are you able to handle what that person went through to get that gift? See, anybody can desire a gift and get jealous of another man's gift, but are you able to drink the cup that they drunk of? You remember when Jesus' cousin came to him and the mother said, I want my two sons, John and James, one to sit on the right-hand side, the other one to sit on the left-hand side, and the other disciples had indignation about it. They got hot. They said, what, what is she trying to do? And then they got upset. Jesus asked the question, are you able to drink of the cup that I drink of? He didn't give away no position, y'all. They both said, yeah, like fools. You never walk up on Jesus and say, I want to sit on your right-hand side and left-hand side. That's a great idea. There's nothing wrong with that. But you asking for a seat without going through what it costs to get there. And Jesus said, you shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized in the baptism I'm baptized. But listen, to sit on my right-hand side and left-hand side is not given unto me but the Father. Listen, y'all. These boys wanted something without going through anything. They already forgot about Moses, Abraham, Job, Daniel, Enoch, Elijah, the 24. They didn't probably even know about the 24 elders wasn't mentioned at that time. But these men just wanted, give us a position that we're not even ready to take on yet. Let me tell you something. Anytime, hear me very carefully, beloved. Anytime you see an anointed woman of God that God uses greatly, anytime you see an anointed man of God that God put things in him, you better believe he went through hell to get that. You better believe that. He, it just wasn't a gimme. It cost him something to go through that, and it still may be costing him something to maintain that. You don't think the devil's fighting that woman or that man? You are a fool. You better think again. The last thing they need in their life is for you to come give them more problems. <laughs> they do not need that. It costs them something to get there. This is why we can never judge people when we hear things about them. Oh, they should be better than that. Oh, they such a mouth, y'all. You don't know what it took to get to that level for them to get to where they're at. You don't know how hard it is for them just to stay in the boat, to stay focused. Sometimes they want to abandon ship and just turn back. The last thing we need is to devour each other. We cannot afford to do that. The Bible says to esteem one another better than yourself. Well, I'm better than you. We never should get to the place where we look down our nose at each other, y'all. Don't do that, folks. Please don't do that. If you hear a sister fail or a brother fail, you which are strong. Now, here is the problem right now. Everybody is strong. They know scriptures. They got gifts. They got ability. But everybody is not strong. You which are strong, restore that person in the spirit of meekness, not pride, coming at them hard. No, 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 no. In the spirit of meekness. Anybody can get self-righteous. The biggest problem that has held the church back was being religious and self-righteous. It is sad, y'all. The church has so much power in it 
But because of people being self-righteous and being religious, it has hindered the gifts from flourishing. The self-righteous spirit is dangerous because that's the spirit that sent Jesus to the cross. The Bible said they hated Jesus without a cause. The only thing Jesus did was trying to get men to believe on him. He healed the sick, cast out devils, raised up the dead. That's all he did, and they hated him without a cause. Never get to the point, beloved, that you hate people for using their gift. Please don't ever do that. Oh, well, I heard this and that about them. Let me tell you about the California Raiders. You as a man of God or a woman of God, you better use your own discernment. The Bible says he that mingled with strife belongs not to him. It's like grabbing a dog by his ear. You grab a pit bull by his ear, you will no longer have that hand. Stay out of the strife thing. Don't get caught up into things because somebody, your girlfriend or your buddy, don't like this guy, so you don't like them either. This is the most immature, petty. You can always tell the mature thing from the immature thing. I don't know why, but when I was younger in the Lord, my mom would sit there and be gossiping and just ripping people back out. And she would not like certain people. And I would say, Mom, why you don't like them? I didn't have a problem with them, but my mom had a problem with them. Now, it was easy for me to go along with mom. But because I had my own mind, many days I got cussed out because I was an advocate. I wanted to see peace come in between my mom and whoever. The Bible said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Are you a peacemaker or a contention maker? Do you sow seeds of discord by telling people what you don't like about other people, what you know about them? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Don't tell people other things about something that's bad that happened with this person years ago. Leave that stuff alone, man. You're bigger than that. Sister, you're better than that. If somebody get in your ear about someone and they are being a blessing to the body of Christ, and now they don't sow the negative seed about something that happened in the past between her and Shanika and whoever, and they don't like that girl because of that, but God is using her now, don't you get involved with that. You be the peacemaker. This is where you tell the men from the boys, the women from the girls, your mantle requires you to step into a mature place. You have a mantle that got to be better than What made David so powerful was he understood about bringing Israel together, y'all. He had to bring them together. So I want to go back and see this thing about Solomon because this thing is burning in my spirit. But before I do that, Kev, are you there? Are you back, Kevin? While Kevin is getting himself back in, he should be back on the air. When you do come back in, Kev, just let me know that you're in, okay? So I want to go into this part. Solomon is talking about chapter one. He said he began to wait, talk about Wait a minute, wait a minute. Come. One more second. Now, Kevin, you have to push star eight to talk. And that goes for anybody else who would like to speak also. You got to push star eight, 724-444-7444, pin number 143906-pound. This is Church, True Friend, Will of God, with Calvin Myers, Minister Calvin Myers, and he's speaking. Now, if you want to speak, again, push star eight. Go ahead. Kevin, are you there? 
Okay, while Kevin is on his way, we're going to back in. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, Solomon began to talk. Again, most people would love to sit down and talk with Warren Buffett or Bill Gates. But here is the wisest man in the world. You don't have to worry about meeting and talking with Bill Gates or Warren Buffett, though that won't be a bad idea. But if you open your Bible, God has given you tools to interview men like Solomon and David. You can hear how they think when you read the word of God. Now, here you have Solomon talking about one generation that comes in, and then another one comes in. Um, so we got a caller that said, caller, are you there? We have another caller. Are you there, caller? Caller that's been unmuted. That's you he's speaking to, the one that pushed star eight. You're unmuted. Praise the Lord. How y'all hear me now? Perfect. All right. We hear clear, Ken. There you go. Am I clear now? Yes, sir. Well, praise the Lord. Bless God for that. I just wanted to make the point uh, in, in regards to as when Solomon received the wisdom of God, uh, the Lord asked him what did he want uh, to lead his people. And Solomon, he wanted the wisdom to lead the people. And God said, because you didn't ask for riches, you didn't ask for long life or the heads of your enemies, I'm going to give you all these things. Uh, and so when it came to the queen of Sheba hearing the fame of Solomon, she also came to hear the fame of Solomon and the wisdom of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. And so Solomon he didn't get big-headed, at least starting off, like you said earlier. It's not the way you start, but the way you finish. But he started off humble. And that's just a reminder to know the life of Solomon, uh, to remind us as the Lord began to move in our life that we are to give him the glory. And I, I, I truly believe that these are some great books between Ecclesiastes and Proverbs, uh, the books of wisdom. I know that's how the Lord drew me in with his word. Uh, he actually used Denzel Washington, the actor, to uh, to actually minister to me indirectly. Denzel was on a television show, uh, BET, and at the time, I used to read a lot of psychology books because of the line of work that I was in. Uh, but the, And I used to try to read the word, but I was reading it for the wrong purposes to add to that psychology because someone told me before I got saved that the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes are the best psychology books ever written. And I used to try to read them, but I didn't have the right heart. Uh, but then as the Lord brought me to that place of humility, I realized that the word of God tells us don't cast your pearls before the swines and don't give what's holy to the dogs. And so, but when the Lord brought me to that place, because I used to try to read the Bible and literally just, just put me to sleep. I know that was the work of the enemy, didn't want me to get it. But the Holy Spirit would not reveal it to me because my heart wasn't right at that time. But as the Lord began to condition me and prepare me and bring me to that place where I just began to look towards him for direction, I was looking at BET and Denzel Washington was on the television. And it was one of those shows where it was a one-on-one -on -one between he and the host. And it got around to it where she asked him or she mentioned, understand you're a preacher's kid. And he said, yes. And she said, uh, and, and she said, I heard you also read the whole Bible. And he said, I'm getting ready to read it again. So she said, what would you recommend for a new convert to start off with? And he said, the book of Proverbs, 
in the book of John. Of course, the book of John, uh, out of all the, the gospels, you know, uh, there's three synoptic gospels. We say four, but there's really three because the book of John uh, is only 20% to like the other gospels and 80% more about the deity of Jesus Christ. But I just fell in love with the word uh, with uh, Proverbs and Ecclesiastes because I was searching for wisdom. I was searching for something outside of what my eyes were seeing, but God had used that to prepare me uh, to uh, begin to look outside the box. I was doing that in the psychology books, but it was not the word of God. It was more or less the wisdom of man. But when I began to read Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, I fell in love with the word of God because these are practical books, books of wisdom. And I like to encourage each and every listener uh, if you have not read the word, this is a great place to start in the book of wisdom. Once again, as Minister um, uh, Calvin Myers had mentioned that God, uh, this, these books, only man that walked the face of the earth had more wisdom than King Solomon uh, was Jesus Christ himself. He said, greater Solomon is here. Uh, so, but these books here, you can apply the wisdom of these books to your everyday life. Uh, and, and the Lord, that's also another way the people to know that you've been spending time with the Lord from the wisdom of his word, not the wisdom of man's uh, wisdom and philosophy, but the wisdom of God that surpasses all others. But Brother Calvin, I want to ask you a question before you go any further. When it says in the first uh, verse in chapter three, it says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven." So my question to you is regarding that particular scripture. Uh, it says everything, but when we're talking about God intervening on our, our lives, does that only include when we get saved? Or what about those who are not saved? And it says to everything there's a season. How would you answer that or respond to that with somebody that might be uh, committing crimes. He, he may try to justify himself and say, well, since it's everything to a, a season, uh, it's my season to be still, and that's the way God set it up. Or in verse 3 when it says it's a time to kill and a time to heal. Uh, what about uh, that response to somebody who may try to use the word of God to justify their criminal activity or them living a, a carnal life? Amen. One of the things that I've learned, Kevin, as you start off in the scripture, it talks about a time to sow and a time to reap. When God first created the heavens and the earth in Genesis, he said that there'd be a time and a season, and we are sowers. Now, when he made us, he didn't make us to do the works of darkness. That is something that the enemy sowed in there. Satan did that. We have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There are some things, and this may bother with a lot of people. Now, I'm not talking about criminals. Criminals, they need to go to jail. If you break the law, you need to pay the price. And so, but there are other things that took place in our lives. The Bible said all things work together for good, but it's not for everybody now. For those who love the Lord and for those who are called for his purpose, there are guys like, Pharaoh. God raised Pharaoh up. This man was a great man, powerful man at that time, but he also was raising up Moses on the backside of the desert. He purposely raised Pharaoh up so that he could whip him to show all 
all the nations round about Israel, I mean Egypt, and afar off how great he is. So when he did that, he allowed Pharaoh to go up. And then the Bible said he hardened his heart. Folks, let me tell you something. Even Nebuchadnezzar, in the book of Ezekiel, he called him, I'm going to send my servant. Nebuchadnezzar, he called him, Nebuchadnezzar in Ezekiel. But we know him as Nebuchadnezzar. He sent him to whip Israel, take the people into captivity, bring Daniel in the presence of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar. And then he humbled Nebuchadnezzar. And then Nebuchadnezzar said, truly God rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whosoever he will. So God would do things, strange things at times. But when those who do and break the law, do you remember, you guys remember when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees? He told them, he said, you are of your father, the devil. He was a liar from the beginning and abided not in the truth because there is no truth in him. He said every time he speaketh, he speaketh a lie, even Satan. Now, all of us know God can wipe Satan out. He can wipe him out. He could have put him into chains and captivity like he got these other angels put away into captivity, but he didn't. He still allowed the devil to do what he's doing. And for us, what the devil used for evil, God uses for good. Remember Joseph and his brothers? What his brother did to him was evil. They sold him into slavery. But nevertheless, God used it for his good. So, yeah, Kev, there are things that God will use for his good. I, I, I remember one of my dear brothers, he's over in Mexico now. He shared something with us. I laugh every time I hear the story. But to him, it disturbed him what he went through. He used to like to break into houses. He was a thief. He would break into homes. It was my Spanish brother, powerful man of God now. And so he got used to breaking into homes. And one time he did not break into this house. Someone else broke into the house. But the police grabbed him and locked him up. (laughs) But while he was in jail, he found Jesus. But I remember when we was at Black Rock Christian Retreat, he was sharing with all the men, it disturbed him. He said, but I, I, I was breaking in the houses. But that time, I didn't break in that house. <laughs> but he went to jail. The cops set him up and took him in. But while he was in jail, he found Christ. Folks, let me tell you something. Sometimes God will put his people, he said, my sheep know my voice. And a stranger, they will not follow. Some people, it took God to put them down on the bed of affliction to get their attention. Others, it took them losing all their money. Others, family walked away from them. Some people got shot. Whatever it might have taken, God was getting their attention so they can turn themselves around. But some people, they are weeks and tears. They're never going to change. They're not going to change. And they have the free will that God gave them like all of us, but they choose to stay on that path. I don't know if I answered your question or not, Kevin. No, praise the Lord. Yes, you did. Uh, you know, the, the, the word tells us that for those that God uh, for knew, he preordained, uh, predestinated. Uh, and so the word of God tells us that God takes the wise in their own craftiness. 
no matter what someone's in, because God knows the end from the beginning. He knows who's going to say yes uh, to his call and who's not. Those who are in the world who have not come to that appointed time, but God knows that they will, uh, God will use those situations that they're in under their own will, or the will of Satan, but God knows how to move in, uh, and he says he takes the wise and their own craftiness. So whatever you're into, God is able to meet you right on that level. Uh, I've came across individuals who, uh, in my line of work, who uh, after they were arrested, they said something, and we know that someone told them not to go to a certain place. Uh, so, you know, the Holy Spirit is hovering over many folks right now who have not answered the call, and God is speaking to them in the process of drawing, but sometimes there are some bumps and bruises along the way. Wow, man. This is awesome. So when I when I think about also, uh, brethren and sisters out there, Solomon, when he talks about this, in chapter, first chapter one, he talks about a generation rise up, and then he said a generation will pass away. And then he said he began to commune with his own heart. He began to say, wait a minute here. I noticed a generation came and a generation passed away. Now he started to look within himself. Listen. When we come to ourselves, you'll be surprised. Wisdom been sitting there all along. Mm. Kevin, you said something about Proverbs. When I was young, I loved the gospel. But when I started reading Proverbs, I said, wow, you got to be kidding me. Is this, is this, there is wisdom like this? I began to look up certain words as I read this book. And I begin to grow in stature. Then there will be verses that I love, and I put it away and baked it into my spirit that jumped out at me throughout the whole Bible. But especially in the book of Proverbs, there was scripture that I just loved it. And these verses meant so much to me growing up. And I'll never forget it. A lot of times you may hear somebody quote a verse because they are scriptures, y'all. Let's just. Face it, there's scripture that you hear across the pulpit all the time. You never studied it. You just hear it so much. You just know the verse. But then there are certain nuggets that God gives you. Nuggets. And it's a verse that would jump out to you, and it means a lot for you at that time, at that moment. And it stays with you for the rest of your life. Solomon was a man that God used greatly for the whole world. The mystery of Solomon is this. He just didn't get wisdom for himself. He got wisdom for all generations that will come after him and to become afar off for every kindred and language of tongues of men. God entrusted this one man with all that wisdom. But yet and still, he wanted to teach us a lesson that you could have all the wisdom in the world, but if you make the wrong decision, you could still lose out. Now, Solomon at the end in Ecclesiastic, he began to come to himself, but that's further on. But in the meantime, I want to go back into what he's saying in chapter 2. Now, chapter 1, he talked about a generation that comes, and he also talked about how he communed with his heart. Oh, I love Ecclesiastic. I encourage all of you who are out there, go back to Ecclesiastic and listen to what this man said. If anybody got a voice of reason to 
teach us something, it would be Solomon. You will never find a man who had more than what this man had. What is it that you like in life? Solomon had it all, all. In fact, he said there is no new thing under the sun. Are you hearing me? That which was is that which is, and that which has been is that which shall be, and there is no new thing underneath the sun. Now, in chapter 2, Solomon said, he talked about, I would prove myself with wine. That's what he said. Now, you know what? Let me go drink some wine. Drinking wine, he could have all the wine in the world. He's a king. This man is a king, y'all, but he got wisdom. I've never seen a generation like this generation right now. We got fools reigning over people in this hour. I've never seen nothing like this. And they want to be up top above everybody. You look on the news, you see the most foolish people reigning. And the Bible talks about this a great deal. Listen, man, you cannot give honor to a fool. You can't do it. The scripture said, whosoever honors a fool is like thorns going up into your hand. You know what a thorn does? It pierces your skin and draws blood out of you. Folks, listen to me. You cannot honor a fool. You can't do it. You just can't. Please don't do it. It breaks my heart when I see leaders all over the world in different places at the CEO, if you see it on whether it's politicians, governor, mayor, and their fools. And you wonder, do they ever pick up the Bible and read it? But I rejoice when I see great leaders who read the word, who teaches the word, who preaches the word, and God moves upon them. I love it, y'all. I want to merge and gauge myself around wisdom like that. Let me tell you something, folks. Anytime you get wisdom, it is not just for you. Your wisdom is to give it to your children and pass it down. Do you remember when the scripture, when God said, because you have rejected wisdom, I will also reject you? The Bible also says this. Not only he will stop there, he will reject your children's children. It's a, a part that I've read in the Bible that I love what God said, and it, it, it's amazing. It's heavy, but it's powerful. Because Solomon is saying something to us in the book of Proverbs, and he said this. Uh, I'm reading that Proverbs chapter 1, and I'm looking at verse 32. Listen to what it says. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 32. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whosoever talking unto me shall dwell safely and should be quiet from the fear of evil. Think about this. This is God saying he's talking to us now. And listen to this right here. Uh, there's another one that he says right here inside of – it's a part that he says when he said, he said, for whosoever loved me, he that seeketh me to find me, to find life. For whosoever turneth away from me to have death. It's a simple thing that God gives wisdom unto men when he calls them into this place and he pulls them to 
Here it is. It's at Proverbs chapter 8, chapter 30, verse 35. Proverbs 8, verse 35. And it says, for whosoever findeth life, for whosoever findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain, listen to this, y'all, the favor of the Lord. Everybody wants the favor of God. For whosoever findeth me findeth life, and you shall obtain the favor of the Lord. Some people get it, and then they lose it. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul, and all they that hate me, this is wisdom talking, love death. You already made a death sentence when you hate wisdom. Who in their right mind wouldn't want a wise man around them? Something is wrong with you. If every time a wise man opens his mouth and you get angry and your blood boils, you need to get back to the altar and get saved. <laughs> I get excited when I hear wise people talking. I'm sorry, y'all. It don't bother me. My blood don't boil when I hear men speak wisdom. Now look at this back to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. A time to be born. All of us came in this earth. We were born at a certain time. And then it's the time to die. I don't care how much people lay greasy hand or pine or oil on your head. You are going to live and declare this. You can sing the song, I'm not dying yet till the cows come home. The Bible says it is a time to die. You're going to leave this place, okay? You're going to leave it. We can sing that song, I'm not tired yet. You can sing that song all you want to, but you're going to leave here. In fact, the Bible says precious in the eyes of the Lord, not a curse. But precious in the eyes of the Lord, it's in Psalm, when a saint of the Lord go home to be with him. We all wait for that time. Some people, they're excited. They can't wait to go home to be with the Lord. This is an evil generation, folks. This is an evil generation. I wouldn't want to be here past my time. You remember one of the kings, I think, I'm not sure, if Kevin correct me or anybody out there, I don't know if it was Hezekiah. God told him to get his house in order because he's going to die, and this man turned his head, his face toward the wall, and cried, oh, God, oh, I've served you, and I, 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 don't take me out. And God gave, told the prophet, go back to him. I'm giving him 15 more years. In the midst of this man living for 15 more years, he has another son. The son that he has is called King Manasseh. <laughs> Now, Manasseh, oh, my God, this dude will be an evil king. He will be the evil king. But yet he reigned longer than any other king. He will reign for 55 years. But in the midst of him reigning, he should have went home when the Lord said, I'm taking you home. He birthed a son named Manasseh. Manasseh reigned 55 years. And this man will be the man that killed the prophet Isaiah. Are y'all hearing? He sawed him in half. But good old Nebuchadnezzar comes <laughs> and took him away on chains. Folks, let me tell you something. God got an answer to every solution. When Nebuchadnezzar came in here and grabbed King Manasseh and bind him up and brought him up to uh, what you call that place, where he was at, oh, man, I forgot the Babylonian kingdom. Manasseh cried out to God. And here is God's faithfulness. God heard him and brought him back to 
listen, man, God is forever merciful. But here it is again when a king had a chance to go home to be with the Lord. He didn't want to go. Probably was singing that song, I'm Not Tired Yet. And he wound up living 15 more years, and he birthed an evil seed in the earth. That Israel king was a, Manasseh was an evil king, y'all. He was an evil king. Nebuchadnezzar had to take him away. But it led to him repenting after a while. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. There are times when our boys got to go overseas and fight, y'all. There is no ifs, ands, and buts about it. They got to go overseas and fight. There are times when we don't want to see them go over because if we don't, evil will prevail against the whole earth and we all will be in trouble. You don't want that warfare coming in the United States. You want to deal with it far and beyond. God raised up people at different times. And this is another interesting thing, folks. I want to share this with you. There are times that people who are not saved, God will raise them up on the behalf of the saints to be a blessing to us. He put them on the earth just to do that. That was their sole purpose, to be a blessing to the body of Christ. It said time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. You remember when God decided in Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, that he would scatter Israel, tear them down, and Nebuchadnezzar took them. He told them, when you go into the Babylonian kingdom, I want you to marry, have kids, plant vineyards. You're going to be there for a while. And he kept them there. And in that group of people that was taken away into captivity, Daniel was taken away. Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. All of them were taken away. All of them were gone. And they took them over there, and they had to learn the Babylonian ways. And Daniel would excel. This boy was no joke. Let me tell you something about Daniel. Here is another level of wisdom, y'all. Now, we read in Ecclesiastes. We still there. But there are 15 types of wisdom in the earth, 15 different types of wisdom, many types of wisdom. If I had it in front of me, I would read it out to everybody, but I, I didn't have it in front of me. I didn't think I would go into this. But it's 15 different types of wisdom on the earth. <clears throat> but then there's a wisdom in ministry. There is wisdom in gifts. This is why we have pastors and overseers. When pastors are leading, certain pastors got a mantle that they wear and wisdom and how to develop people underneath them, how to cultivate them, how to see them where they're at and develop that gift. And then they have, see this now, the gift when to release them. God didn't make the fivefold ministry for us to build big, giant cathedral church and have 15 Thousand people, that's not God's purpose, y'all. We making these big old ministry. He wanted the church to grow, and you sit them out. This is why you got one of the ministries called a bishop. A bishop is an overseer. He's a pastor, but he's a pastor of pastors. This is why you have apostles. Apostles goes out, and they build church and start it up and turn it over to someone else. All of this is for building the body and spreading it out. The Lord did not intend for Jerusalem, Israel to say in Jerusalem. He said, go ye therefore unto all the world 
used to be witness to me in Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, and in the uttermost parts. He wanted them to spread out. They tried to stay, and then persecution got allowed, the persecution to come, and it spread out, which we heard the gospel. We as in the Gentiles. The Jews tried to stay there because, see, God was doing a new thing. In the Old Testament, he had the pyramid where he had to protect the seed. But in the New Testament, the seed came on the earth, which is Christ. He was born of a woman, a virgin, died on the cross. Now everybody can hear. So he said, go out into all the world. We're not born and created just to sit on a knee to lead them, be cheerleaders, and get pom-poms, y'all. We stand on the pastor, and that's good. But you need to be finding things you need to do. What is your purpose that God created you for? It's good when we can cheer the pastors on and have church. That's good, and we can shout. But, folks, you better have something going on outside that you can be able to win the loss. The fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, Proverbs 11.30. And he that winneth souls is wise. You want wisdom? Find your purpose. Get into your word. When you find your purpose, you are a better church member for your pastor. It's when we sit there not doing nothing and just sitting there doing nothing, then that's when all the bickering and complaining started because everybody's trying to protect a tight on the position. How they let him go up or her go up? I've been sitting here for 30 years. They ain't using me. Folks, God gave you more than that. Find out what is your purpose. I bet you your purpose will make your purpose will flow so easy and more people will be intact. Sometimes God needs to take you other places. Have you ever thought about something you could do in your community to win the loss? That's a ministry right there. Have you ever rolled by or drove by all these elderly homes where you can go in and teach the elders? That's a ministry in there. In fact, I know in our church we have 70-some ministries. There is no need for anybody to be sitting down doing nothing. I promise you, pastor don't want people sitting down on the seat of do nothing and whistling to the tune of care less. I promise you. He don't want us doing that. I promise you this. Everybody don't need to be up front. The best work that's ever done is when you're not seen. Listen to me, folks. There are people who are waiting to hear from you. There are churches, I mean not churches, hospitals, elderly homes, you got places where you can go and teach the little kids. There are many ways to sow seeds into people's heart about the Lord. Then we can come back to church and get our pom-poms and tear the path on because we know God is good and we're sowing seeds. Now look at this one, verse 4. A time to weep and a time to laugh. There are times, I know the Jews back in the day, I don't know if it was, 40 days, they would take off a period of time of moaning. And when you're hurting as a person, you need to give that time over to mourning. You can do it. You got to know when you are bleeding inside and your spirit is broken and you lost a loved one, it's okay to take time to moan for that person. You're not going to see them again until you get the glory. And so you need to know that there's a time for you to weep. And then there's a time weeping can also be when you're getting before the Lord and weeping for souls. 
there are times when you just cry out to God, man. I mean, he just he pulls on your spirit. You got to weep and lay before him. Make that sacrifice, you and God. And then there are times when you can have fun and go out and enjoy yourself with laughter. Be around the saints. Be around the sinners and help the sinners. Have fun with them. Let them know it's okay to laugh and have a nice time in the Lord. You saved, but they know that you love to laugh. When they see you coming, they should get excited because they say you're going to bring something that will encourage all of us. And then the Bible talks about it in verse 4, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Now, folks, let me say this to you. There's a difference between weeping and mourning. You can cry because something happened and you cry. But mourning could be, you can be moaning for 30 years. There are people who lost their loved ones or parents. They cried when they first died, but they moaned for many years. You see this happen all the time. In fact, some people have died not too long after their loved one because of the moaning was so grievous. I'm telling you. There's a time to weep, and there's a time to moan. So you can cry, but then there's moaning. Don't ever get stuck in the moaning. You can go through your moaning. The Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. But don't get stuck in moaning for many years. God still got you on this earth. He has good use of you. He want to do something with you. Some things we don't understand why our loved ones go before us or people that we care about, but God knows he understands all, all things. And then there's a time to dance. Kev, is there anything you would like to add to that? Or do we have a caller? Caller, if there's anybody out there, please push star eight and join in. I want to hear and get some feedback from you guys. Is there anything on your heart, Brother Kev? And I just want to hear if you want to say anything about those verses at this time. Yeah, praise the Lord. You talked about the morning. Uh, we realize that God has a purpose for everything in our lives, and that is how we shift from one state of mind to another. And we know we're in these houses of clay, and we have full emotions, and when we lose loved ones and other things may happen in our life to bring us to that place of mourning. Uh, but the Word of God tells us in Ecclesiastes, I believe it's 7, 2, and 3, that it's better to go into the house of mourning than the house of mirth or laughter. But when the countenance or the face is made sad, the heart is made better. Uh, the things that happen in our lives, uh, it's, it's a blessing when we realize that God has a purpose to everything. So even in a bad situation, God will, at, at those times, make us uh, kind of reassess our lives. You know, one of the greatest messages, even for the sinner to understand, is death. Uh, we realize that the clock is ticking on all of our lives, uh, and and we can recognize that we saw this person a week ago or certain, so many days ago, but they're no longer here, and we'll never see them again in this life. Uh, so sometimes those situations happen uh, when they do happen just on a point in time, because the Bible says it's appointed to a man once to die and then judgment. But as long as we lean on our own understanding, some of us begin to blame God for the way things are. But we do realize, and the word reiterates that, that the moment we're born, there's going to be a set time for our death. But the good news has come in the gospel uh, that we don't have to, because we're going to spend eternity. It's either one 
of two places. Either you're going to spend it in heaven or you're going to spend it in hell. There's no in-between. And when things do happen, if we do study the word of God, because that is a pivotal time in people's lives, if they don't know the Lord, they'll begin to mask uh, that mourning or that hurting or begin to uh, be blamed, uh, begin to blame God for the things that are happening. And those are times that man can go to a serious downward spiral because he don't understand this walk of life. But if he opened his Bible and began to seek the Lord for understanding, God will give him understanding that everything has a purpose in life. And as we realize that God is in control and that this life is not over, when we close our eyes for the last time here to be absent from the body, is to be present with the Lord, but we can't get joy out of anything. Jesus said when he says, I tell you these things in the word, he says that your joy may be full. And so as we, as we begin to study the word of God, we do realize that everything in this life does have a purpose. Wow. That is so wonderful, man. And it means a lot because here's Solomon. He's talking about time and season. And then he started rattling into this time, and, and that's what I like about it because, again, I want to go uh, say something from chapter 2. He said, first he said, I will prove myself with merit. And then he said, in the other part of chapter 2, he said, he realized something that took place, folks. He says the key word, the same thing what has happened to the fool has happened to me. So why was I yet wise then? interesting. <laughs> it's very interesting. But what made the thing happen to Solomon that happened to the fool, it was all about choices, folks. It always comes down to choices. I was talking with one of my boys last night when I was working. I had my earplugs in and I was working at the job because I work overnight. Uh, weekend, and so a lot of times during the day, I sleep longer because I'm up all night working. But I was talking with my buddy, and we was talking about Cain and Abel. Choices. Remember, it comes down to choices. Cain gave a sacrifice. I mean, not Cain. Abel gave a sacrifice of an animal to the Lord. They both had to offer a sacrifice. Cain gave the Lord of the vegetables of the earth. Now, God had already cursed the earth, so here come Cain giving God the cursed earth. And God said to Cain, he was mad because God accepted Abel and he rejected Cain. Y'all know the story. But God talks to Cain, and he said, Cain, why are your conscience so sad? If you do it not well, would it not be accepted? He was telling him to go back and do it the right way. He said, but if you don't do it well, Sin lies at the door. That means sin is crouching down, waiting to jump on you. And, folks, I cannot emphasize this enough. If you see God's presence on someone's life, and you know that God uses them, don't tear them down. You pray for them. You always got to remember, they are in the forefront run. They are in the front of the race. Nothing more that Satan loves when he see another mighty saint tearing down another mighty saint. Don't sow discord among the saints of God. Don't do it. 
because you're interrupting destinies and purpose that God is bringing together with other believers. And when you do that, you never knew what God could have done with those individuals that he brings together. The Bible says how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, not discord, not discord. You will be surprised at people who are jealous of other people's gifts. And they're not going to say, I'm jealous of them because God used them in that gift. They're not going to say that. You know what they're going to say? They're going to find something else. Well, I don't like your shoes. Well, I heard this about them. Well, I heard that about her. Well, you know they don't do this. Petty, stupid stuff. Folks, we're not crabs in the barrels. You don't need to. You know what a crab is like in barrels in the summertime? A whole bunch of crabs in here. And when you see the guy taking the crabs out to put it inside a boiling pot, the other crab won't let him go, so he take off his arm or his leg, not knowing he going to the boiler. But you just got to take his arm or his leg off. Listen, folks, <laughs> all of us are going somewhere in life. We're going in. There are people waiting on you. You don't have to be jealous of nobody else's gifts. You find out what God got for you. He has something particular, particularly for you. I remember when Jesus showed back up to the apostles and they was on the boat and he said, children, have you any meat? And then they realized it was the Lord and all this stuff like that. And they came back on shore and then Peter began to ask Jesus about John, the young boy. John is only 17 years old. What's going to happen with him? And what's going to happen with this? And Jesus says to him, what do that have to do with you, Peter? You go and preach the gospel. He said, when you was younger, you can go wherever you want to go. But when you get older, you need someone to take you by the hand and lead and guide you. John will go on to write the book of Revelation at the age of 90. Folks, it's not how you start off. It's not. Because sometimes we might see that God ain't using someone. Look at that. God ain't using them. See, they ain't doing nothing with them. You better set your mouth. You don't know what God got planned for them. He may have some greater things in store for them, but he haven't revealed it to that person yet. And he's definitely not going to reveal it to us if he see that we're jealous of people. Sometimes we can have the insight to see that people are going places. Remember Joseph and his brothers? They hated him over a dream, a dream. They're like, we would never bow to you, Negro. They're not bowing to you. You out of your rabbit mind. But God would take Joseph. They sent Joseph away as a slave. But when they saw their brothers again, he was like a king, second in command to Pharaoh. Listen, you have to be very careful who you hold back. You don't know what's about to take place and coming down that pipeline. It's very important that you do what you do. I'm telling you right now. Oh, man. Because what happens is the main one, the Bible said that it was the, the stone that the builders rejected, the same one has became the chief cornerstone. My boy, Deborah A., that's my man, Deborah A., and God blesses with a lot of ministers. This is why I cultivate 
good teeth, even if they're not ministers, men and women, y'all, men and women, uh, I love um, to have around me. Uh, Deborah A. is dealing with this Jethro thing. The Bible said this about Jethro. Um, it said he was a great man, but his mother was a harlot. A harlot, y'all. He was a harlot. And his brothers rejected him because of his mother. But this boy, Jethro, knew everything about Israel. He knew who they was. He knew their history. You get what I'm saying? And they rejected him. But when the time came when those Gentiles came in here to take that land, who did they go get? Jethro. The same brother they sent away and rejected him. You ain't going to have no part of our inheritance. Your mom was a harlot. Listen, folks, let me say this to you. It doesn't matter what your mama was. It does not matter what your daddy was. When God put his hand on you, you're the one he's been waiting for. Oh, he got you. You're the one that he's been waiting for. I never forget when I read the gospel when Jesus was born, one of the prophets said, this son, this child is born for the rise and the fall of many great people. When Jesus was born, some would rise up and others fell down. Listen, you are a mover and a shaker. Don't you ever let nobody tell you anything other than that. You are somebody. You are somebody in God's eyes. He told Jeremiah, before you was born, I knew you. Before you came out the womb, I sanctified you. This is why I don't bother with other people's purpose, y'all. I stay out of that. God created that person for his own purpose. And I ordained you to be a prophet to the nation. God did this. Not the teacher, not the evangelist, not the pastor, not the apostle, not the prophet. God ordained people. Only thing we do is when we see the gift, we give them that title we just confirming what God already did. If you don't want to use them, God is still going to use them. You better believe that. You will be surprised. Do you know who's among you? When Dr. Miles Monroe, God bless his soul, the late Dr. Miles Monroe, came to deliverance, he said, squeeze that hand next to you. He said, you feel that hand? I'll never forget it. He said, there's no one in the world like that individual. He talked about that. This man talked about purpose, y'all, purpose. We cannot interrupt each other's purpose. The best thing that we can do is help push each other into each other's purpose. Because when these people of God reach their purpose, guess who they coming back to get? They coming back to get you. Because they remember you was very instrumental in helping them get in there. Man, let me tell you something. God got something for all of us as his children. Oh, my God. There are so many people out there that need us, beloved. They need our wisdom, sisters and brothers. They need our knowledge. There is so much we can do for the people out there. And when they look up and see us, they should be excited, saying, oh, my God, here comes sister so-and-so. I know she's going to give us a strong word of encouragement. She always got a seasoned word 
always have a seasoned word in your mouth. And the only way you could do that, like my buddy Kev said, he said you got to get into that proverb. I love proverbs, y'all. I promise you, I love that book. Thirty-one chapters. You can read a chapter each morning for each day of the month. I remember hearing a story about a man. He couldn't keep a job. He had a degree, but he could not keep a job. He would get fired after 30 or 90 days. God laid on his heart to start reading Proverbs and study it. He just didn't read it. He began to study it every day, one chapter a day. Within the six months, he started coming up with ideas on his job. Within a year, he got elevated. He started making so much money for the company, he got elevated again. And then after that, he started his own company, y'all. He's making so much money to this day, it's, he just he took off. He never looked back. Mind you, he couldn't keep a job. You hear that? Kevin, is there anything you would like to say? If anybody want to add or say anything, please push star eight. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Yes, praise the Lord, brother. Uh, I was just listening to you when you were talking about the purpose, um, our purpose. God gives us all purpose. The word of God tells us that we're all one body, but we're not all the same uh, members. You got some the fingers, some the toes, and so forth. But one interesting in those uh, scriptures that it says that the uncommonly parts, the less attractive parts, uh, deserve more honor. And when you think about the human body, the parts that we cover up the most, the parts that it's not, uh, not popular or acceptable to walk outside with these parts exposed, but yet those parts are the part of reproduction. And so when we talk about believers, uh, some believers, uh, we, don't, uh, we, we stray back and forth because we're not getting involved. There's a scripture in Galatians 6 and 4 that says, but let every man prove his own work and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. God has something for each and every one of us to do. Take our minds off of being pat on the back or take our minds off of everyone knowing our name or, or, or people talking about us. That's the flesh speaking. But if we just begin to seek the Lord uh, for enlightenment uh, on what you would have us to do and then begin to walk in it, we'll find out that we experience a greater relationship with God because he has called us into partnership to be co-laborers with him, the almighty God. When we really think about that, the almighty God that created heaven and earth and the fullness thereof has called dust and ashes to be in partnership with him for the work of the kingdom. And I think when we get that in our spirit, regardless of what we're doing, the word tells us not to be slothful in business, but serve the Lord fervent in the spirit. God wants us to be on fire. And that's the reason why certain fires or certain flames go out, because we're just sitting down and the enemy will move in and say, why are you here? You're worthless. You're not doing anything. People don't even see you. People don't see you. They don't know you and so forth. We have to forget about all that and just begin to say, Lord, what you would have me to do, let your anointing move in my spirit that I'll begin to walk in the gift that you have given me because everyone has a gift. But if we just keep sitting on it and bring forth not fruit, then it begins to 
Uh, the enemy will begin to come in and mess with your mind. That's why we got to have on that helmet of uh, salvation. We have to know the word of God and that God called us into to be co-laborers with him. And like the word says, and we know our labor is not in vain. So I just like to encourage whoever's listening, uh, if you're not doing anything, get involved. If nothing else, seek the Lord first of all. We do that with all things. But if nothing else, uh, we need to uh, just begin through trial and error. Just join a ministry, whatever it may be, and not to be concerned about what you can't do, but more or less trust God and what he can do through you. Wow, that's powerful, man. Because yeah, when you're in the church, when you find out your purpose, you will make a better church member for your pastor. I promise you that. Amen. I, and he will be excited Every time he hear, he will hear that you're doing things like Cap just said, you're on fire. The Bible said in Psalms 104, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. So he want to make you a flame of fire. Uh, they said one of the late uh, pastors from, I can't, he was one of the early preachers from the early 1900s. He said, when you get on fire for God, People will come to watch you burn. Do you know saints of the Most High God in the day, back in the day, they were called the Great Awakening? You go Google up the Great Awakening. Those folks will go out into the woods and have revival. Now, we call them, uh, what you call those things, tent revivals or what have you. But they will go in the woods and have revival. The preacher will preach the word. You had slaves. And masters and ordinary people was out there, and the word was going on so strong. And that time, they was coming together as a body of believers. God was moving. That was the Great Awakening. I think it was the 15 or the 1600. They would go out in the woods and have revival, set the fire there, and they would burn, and the people would come out and hear the man of God preach the word and proclaim the word of God. Think about the tools that God has given us now to branch beyond our wildest dreams, to win the loss. There are so many ways we can encourage one another, build up one another, strengthen one another. There are many ways that God has given us tools. We are a church of the end times that is unstoppable. But like we said last week, when we dealt with the the five wise birds. The five foolish birds, my pastor used to always say, the late Ben Smith used to always say, the church is a sleeping giant. That means they're so, they're like a giant, but they're sleeping. Remember, while they slept, they had their lamps, they had the oil, and they went to sleep. And in the midnight hour, the cry went out, the bridegroom coming. When they got up to trim their lamps, for the commandment is as a lamp, and the law is as a light, and reproof of instruction are the ways of life. When they trimmed those lamps, some had extra oil, some didn't have no oil. Give us of your oil. Not so, lest we don't have no oil for ourselves. Go back and buy the oil. That oil is the law of God. The law of God. What did he told Joshua chapter 1-8? This book of law should not depart out of your mouth. Always talk about it. 
but don't just talk about it because you don't want to be amidst of those who talk about the Lord, but your heart is far away from them. Live in it. And the book of Psalm chapter 1 says, and in his law does he meditate. You got to meditate on it day and night. Lord, have mercy. For the commandment is as a lamp, and the law is as a life. Do you know everybody who don't get saved, they're trying to get to heaven by keeping the commandments? No one can keep the commandments, folks. This is why grace came in. Grace. Grace. We need the grace of God. We need the favor of God on us. The more you draw nigh to God and his word and you read it and then you sit back and you meditate upon it, Selah, to think deep, to ponder upon, when you meditate it, commune with your own heart upon the bed when you lay down, when you begin to let it marinate in you, when you ponder it in your thought, when you think on the things of God, Isaac, as he was walking and meditating on God, his wife was being brought to him. If you want to be married, you get into the things of God. If you want God to move, you get into his word and get on your knees. Get into neology. And you stay into neology. Neology is the way up. If you don't pray, you ain't going to stay. If you don't fast, you ain't going to last. That was the quote that the old saints used to have. They didn't know this Bible from Genesis to Revelation. But they knew God. Folks, this is what God, he wants a personal relationship with you. It's not about how much we know, it's who we know. Listen, God has used the foolish things of this world to confine the wise. The weak things of this world to confine those things which are mighty. God is not looking for perfect people. He's looking for a perfect and a willing heart. When you give him your heart, he will give you the power you need in this hour. And it's nothing like having God all, all around you, in your presence, in your spirit. He's in you, but he's all over you. He covers you. He gives you discernment to know things before it happens. He gives you insight when you read the word. He gives you revelation and understanding in the word. And then he deals with you. When you step out of order, God will put you right back in order. We are Mr. Mark. Nobody's perfect. We all do. But the discernment of the Spirit of the God of the Lord will bring you right back to where you need to be at. And listen to verse 5. It said, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, ah, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silent, look out, y'all, and then it's the time to speak. There are times when you hold your peace. Every battle is not meant for you to fight. You don't got to say something all the time. Sometimes it's best to hold your peace. One of the things I learned from reading Proverbs is that a wise man holds his tongue in strife. He holds his peace. He ain't got to say nothing. And then it's the time when you do speak, and when you speak, you say what God tells you to say, and then you sow, you hold your peace. Sometimes God allows things to happen. He don't want you to say nothing about it. He don't want you to address that. 
He'll tell you that's a distraction. Don't you address that. That's something to take your eyes off of what I would have you to do in this hour. So I don't want you to think about that. Continue to do what you do. You guys remember uh, Nehemiah, the cupbearer. He was called when he heard about the problem Israel was having. He was told, well, well, not told, it was a burden on his heart, and he went to the Lord about it. He was sad about it. And the king gave him paper, authority, to go fix back up Jerusalem. And as he went back to build it up, he took people with him, and he began to build. And as he built, Sam Ballot began to mock him. Sam Ballot was talking. He ain't paying no attention now. Nehemiah kept building. Sam Ballot said, if a fox run up in the air, it'll all collapse. He mocked him. Then he told Nehemiah to come down. Nehemiah said, I can't come down. I'm doing a great work right now. <laughs> he wouldn't come down. And then Nehemiah, um, Sam Ballot decided that they was going to attack them. And then that's when Nehemiah said, everybody get your sword, but keep building. We're not going to stop building. This is what we hear. We are the body of Christ. Saints, we got to keep building. We got to keep building. Look at verse 8. A time to love and a time to hate. Now, God don't want us to hate. If there's anything that we need to hate, we need to hate sin in our own life. Don't get to the point you hate sin in other people, other people's life. You love people, but you hate the sin. Okay? That's the only thing you should hate. When people say they don't say the word hate, well, they just say, I don't like that person. Or the person get on my nerves. But then you need to die. You need to not die physically, die spiritually. No dead man say ouch when you pinch them. If we still pinch you and you say ouch, you didn't die in your flesh. When you start saying you don't like certain people, it ain't them, it's you. Maybe God is tapping you on your shoulder and said, I'm trying to show you what you like. Stop hoping that God drive these people out of the church and send them somewhere else. No, he's going to leave them right there. He ain't taking them nowhere because he got them there to show you what's in your heart. And I guarantee you, when you start really loving that person, that person will move on. But as long as you, I wish they'd go somewhere to just get on my nerves. Look at her. She thinks she's cute because she wear the hat like that. I hate those ugly shoes. As long as you're thinking that way, oh, boy, thank you. he ain't running nothing up in here. He's trying to come in and take over. We ain't giving him nothing. We ain't using him. We ain't doing nothing with him. That person is not going nowhere. Because God said you look ugly inside. You can't get to heaven treating that person like that. I always encourage people, when you want to look into the perfect law of the mirror, you go back to the Beatitudes. Go and read Matthew. Five, six, and seven. And you be honest with yourself. And you ask the Lord when you read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, is I'm living by these principles, God. Have I truly, because we say, yeah, I love everybody. I'm in right standards. By what? Works? If you measure up your relationship with God by your works, you are in trouble. <laughs> You're in trouble. Because the Bible says obedience is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifices. Don't walk in King Saul's shoes. That's what he did. He was more or less concerned about the sacrifice and not the obedience. 
God require obedience. You go back and read those Matthew 5, 6, and 7. I'm trying to help you. Please don't kill me. That's Brother Calvin. I bust him in his mouth when I see him. I'm trying to help you. Go back and read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. That's the character that Jesus is talking about. These are the kingdom that he's talking about. There's the kingdom that he wants us to be a part of. And only those, the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You see, on the earth, we don't know what's in your heart. What's in your heart is iniquity. That's in you. We can't see that. You can hate 10 people in our church or any church, and we don't say it could be that boss. It might even be dead loved ones that you still can't stand them. Let it go, Satan. Let it go. Commune with your own heart upon your bed. Let it go. Take it to daddy. Take it to the Lord. Pray about it. Give it to God. Iniquity is what's inside of us. Transgression is what we see each other do. Don't allow the devil to deceive you, and then you got all this unforgiveness in your spirit, and you die and go before God with unforgiveness? Folks, I'm telling you, listen, none of us going to make God a liar. It ain't going to happen. Ask the Lord to give you a broken spirit and a contrite heart that you can love everybody, not some people. If you only love the people that treat you good and hate the people that treated you bad, you are in trouble. Are you hearing me? (laughs) Sometimes, listen, I'm telling you, God will put people around you that will get on your nerves so he can show you what's in your nerves. And it's all you. He only do that to make you better. He puts them around you to break you. Two weeks ago, I had to preach at a church. And when I got there, I had a message set aside. But then God changed my sermon. I'm out West Philly, the Tennessee Bible. I'm thinking, whoa, I'm back home in West Philly. I love West Philly. Grew up in West Philly. And he changed my message. I'm back in my old neighborhood giving me share words. And he tells me about the onion. He said, share with them about the onion. He said, the people in here are like onions. They got different layers that they're dealing with. I want to deal with them like the onion. When you cut the onion, it'll make you cry. And the more you cut it open, it got, because it has different layers. There are different layers of things that happen in our life that makes us like an onion. There's a difference between an orange and an onion. Totally different. But I'm going to take that onion part of their life and make that vegetable of that onion into something that is delicious that would be. When you cut up an onion, you put it with food, man, it tastes delicious. Some food, you got to have that onion in it. The steak, the fried chicken, and all the, the baked chicken, different things, you got to have the onion in it. You put the <laughs> right without that onion. Got to put that onion. And so, though your life may seem like it's been like an onion, yet God is going to make something beautiful and delicious out of it. Man, I'm telling you. Kevin, is there anything you want to say, brother? Yes, praise the Lord, brother. Uh, it reminds me, when you talk about how sometimes God will allow uh, enemies in your life to prove you, uh, to bring you to a certain place, reminds me of a story of a group of guys that went out into Canada and to go fishing, and they caught this exotic fish, 
and they ate the fish when they were there, and they enjoyed it so much when they came back home, they talked about it. Uh, and then they said, you know what, we're going to bring a cooler, big enough cooler to bring some of the fish back. And so they went up another time, and they caught a whole lot of the fish that they enjoyed. And when they came home, the fish didn't taste like nothing. Then they went back again. They said, you know what, this time when we go up, not only are they going to catch the fish that they enjoyed, but they also captured some of the enemies of that fish and put it in the same cooler. And when they got back home, that fish was even much better. So sometimes God will allow our, the enemies in our lives to bring us to a certain place or to try us. Here's a word of God that goes with that. Uh, the book of Judges, chapter uh, 3, verse 1. And uh, God was talking about some of those Amorites and uh, Hittites and Perizzites and Jebusites and all of that. But then he says, now these are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them, even as many of Israel as had not known all the wars of Canaan. And so God used, though he ain't said, I'm not going to get rid of all of your enemies. I'm going to leave some in place. But once again, when the word says we're not, we're not ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he'll get an advantage on us. But how are we going to know what his devices are and what the weapons that God gave us unless we study the word of God? And as we begin to pour ourselves in the word, with the word just run through us, Jesus says, from their belly shall flow rivers of living water. We must saturate ourselves in the word of God. I believe even when you're talking about King Solomon, the Lord had given to Moses in the book of Deuteronomy, I believe it's 17 and 17, where he told him not to accumulate a lot of wives, nor silver and gold. Then he told him that this, you're going to make a copy of this and read it as you sit upon the throne. But as we get away from studying the word of God, we begin to lean on our own understanding. And when we do that, we allow the enemy to put a foothold in the door to be able to attack us. But the answer to Satan's attack is to stay under the anointing, stay in his word, to realize that God has a purpose in everything that happens to in our lives, whether they appear to us to be favorable or unfavorable. But as we begin to get this wisdom and get this knowledge, we begin to say, you know what, Lord, or praise, we can still praise the Lord and rejoice in his name even while we're going through. One more thing you had mentioned before about um, uh, sometimes – I want to say one more thing, though. You have you have a caller that's been waiting for quite a bit, and I wonder if you want to bring him in before you finish what you was about to say. Uh, hello? Caller, are you there? Peace and power, Ken. Yeah! Peace and power, peace and power. Um, nah, I'm, I'm just listening, man. Um, I, I just want to say one thing, man. Um, absolutely, positively overstand what he just said. Um, there are devices out here, and Satan is using every tool. You know, Satan is using every tool that he can to um, make people non-believers. Um, common sense, man. The Creator blessed us with. The simple thought, the simple thing called intelligence, 
and common sense, which both comes with knowledge and, and, and what I call overstanding. You know what I mean? Um, so um, just being in line with, with the gentleman was just saying, the brother was just saying, um, tonight on our show we'll be talking about genetic modification, how scientists and doctors are trying to play God with our babies. Now, you know, they're trying to, they, they're telling you they can make the baby come out and look exactly how you want it to look. You know what I mean? Um, if that ain't Shaitan, man, I don't know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Doctors and scientists are trying to defy, you know, um, the creator um, since forever. You know what I mean? Everything in the, in, in the, in the, in the Bible, you know, scientists have been trying to defy and say we can do it. You know, Mary was a virgin and had a baby. Well, that immaculate conception, that's what we can do it to. You know, it's called artificial insemination. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, the creator made, you know, um, birth the best the, the, the best gift that anyone can ever have is reproduction. And now scientists and doctors want to defy that and go in and say, well, guess what? We can do you one better. Now we can let you create the baby the way you want to create. It's not a coloring book. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, some people would call what DJ Chill would say, evolve, you know, evolution. Well, all evolution ain't good. All all evolving isn't good. You know what I mean? Um, you, you have to be mindful and be knowledgeable in the evolution, the purposes of it. You know what I'm saying? So, just touching bases with the brother was saying, man. Um, yeah, Satan is out here, man. He's trying to get us any and every way he can, man. So people wake up, wise up. I mean, they're trying to make common sense, not, not common no more. Now, common sense can always be common sense. You know what I mean? You either have it or you don't. Not this new common sense where anything goes, and that's not common sense. You know what I'm saying? So that's common change. So, you know. I just wanted to add that to what the gentleman was saying, but I'm just listening, man. Calling back, touching bases, just listening. Uh, we appreciate you listening, brother. And what you're talking about, it is true. A lot of uh, believers out there, a lot of people is unaware that the doctors have the ability to create these babies with certain height, skin texture, eye colors, IQ. They are playing God in this moment. Um, and this is scary um, with things that's going on. They've been cloning animals, but, you know, knowing our government, you can assure yourself if they cloned the animals, they already did it with humans. So it's a lot of sick stuff that's going on out there. Um, and we, we, at the time when scientists and technology is blooming like crazy, it is a lot of things going on. Only God knows. But I just want to remind you, there is a part in the Bible of Daniel, where he said, knowledge shall increase, and men should go to and fro. And I think this is why it's so important to have discernment, y'all. And the closer you walk with God, there are things that God will show you what is going on in secret places. I promise you that. He's still the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. There are a lot of sick stuff going on. And that is a good topic to talk about, my brother. That is quite interesting. I might see if I can listen in and hear what you're talking about on that tonight when you share that. That is really interesting. I appreciate oh, that. Please do. Please do. I, I appreciate, you know, 
Will, make sure you send me out a text so I can hear what that brother is talking about. I really want to hear more about it. Kev, uh, are you still there, brother? Yeah, that's yes. um, stuff. That matter of fact, wait a minute. He has to break down because that's, you know, that's what I always be talking about every time I end the show on point radio because it comes on at 9 o'clock. And that's why I made my show from 5 to 7 so it won't go bump his. But he has to literally break down because he comes on every single Monday night exactly what the pin number is and exactly word for word how he says it because I can't say it better than the person who actually do it. So, self unknown, better known Mr. On Point, better known as Mr. Controversy. <laughs> can you break that down for anybody? I mean, yeah, it's TalkShoe.com, or you can dial it, you know, the same number you dial to get on, you know, DJ Chill Star Break Show, uh, 724-444-7444. Uh, the call ID is one four three one three three pound. Again, that call ID is one four three one three three pound. And you know, you have the one pound to listen in, and you have to start eight to chime in and communicate. You know what I mean, um, yeah, we on Mondays. On Point Radio is on seven days a week. I'm on Mondays with Straight Talk. That's the name of my show. And the night we talking about uh, designer babies. You know, what I call doll babies. You know, um, as the gentleman said, yes, you want your baby to run fast. You want your baby to jump high. You want your baby to have collage. You want your baby to have melanin in the skin. Like, they they trying to do all of this now. You know what I'm saying? So, tune in tonight on On Point Radio for Straight Talk with, you know, myself, Mr. Controversy, a.k.a. Mr. On Point. And um, we'll see you tonight on the tent. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Matter of fact, hold on. I got to say it. Your point? And I'm always on. <laughs> I just had to do it. I just had to do it. I just had to do it. All right. Go ahead. Mr. Galvin Myers. Kev, I want you to pick up uh, where you left off at. And that brother, I'm going to see if I can hear what he's talking about. It's quite interesting because there's a lot of things going on out here. This is why, people of God, we got to continue to share the word of God. We cannot get caught up into churchism and certain fabs and ways that we think is this is the way we're going to always be in a box. You got to know and be aware that things are happening outside of the church, but we got to be discerning and we got to be filled with the Spirit of the Lord to continue to witness to these people that they don't need to play with DNA like that. That's dangerous when you're playing with something that God has created. The Bible said God has made men perfect and upright but men have sought out many inventions. This is the time we are living in where scientists are playing God and people, doctors are playing God and making decisions whether people lie, live or die. Some people could have continued to live. The doctors allow them to die in order to take their heart or their liver or parts of their body for someone else. Listen, it's some sick stuff going on out there. But I want to go back to what you're saying, Kevin. Continue on what you were saying, my dear brother. Yes, praise the Lord. Uh, it's an interesting topic that the brother uh, just called in about. You know, the word says all things are lawful, but all things are not expedient. That's why it's so important for uh, believers uh, to study this word of God and to seek Lord, seek the uh, the guidance of the Holy Spirit to know what to get involved in, because it sounds good to itching ears. It sounds good, but we are not to be partakers of these things just because it may be legal. Uh, when man goes off to try to do the things that 
only God should be doing. We talk uh, the Tower of Babel, you know, judgment is at the door. Uh, but nevertheless, praise the Lord for that, that topic, uh, which is very interesting. It is important for the saints to get together, talk about topics, and see what the word has to say about it. But I was just wanted to also to mention, because this is very important when we're talking about the third chapter of Ecclesiastes, uh, when it says, it's the time to keep silent and is the time to speak. Many folks have lost their lives because they said one word too many. Many folks have gotten a divorce because they said one word too many. Uh, man can't do this on his own because man's the, the way man is brought up, you come at me, I come at you, but that's the work of the enemy. And many of us think that that's our manlyhood. If you said something to me publicly, I got to go to you. I got I to gotta confront you. Why? Because I'm still the center of my existence. As long as we continue to be uh, uh, the center of our existence, God has God can't penetrate that. We don't allow him to come in uh, because the Lord said he's standing at the door and knock. And he man opened the door. He'll come in and sup with you. But as long as man is so prideful and many, this issue right here, the time to speak and the time to be silent is is costing many people lives, their family lives, their occupational lives, their good name because they have something to say. But I just wanted to point out a verse, how God looks at the strength of a man. The word tells us not to be spoiled. Uh, let no man spoil you through uh, philosophy, vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. Tradition of men, what's been going on in our family? What's been going on in our communities? You know, I'm from 23rd and Diamond. We act like this. I'm from uh, 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 20th and Christian. We act like this. Men have went to the grave trying to maintain some philosophy of the street. But let me show you what the word says, how God views a real man. In the 16th chapter of Proverbs, verse 32, it says that he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. God looks at a man that can control himself better or stronger than a superhero. The next part of that verse said, he that ruleth his spirit than him that takes a city. One man taking a whole city. And so what the word of God does, not only does is able to convert the soul, but is able to give wisdom to the simple. God has called many folks uh, with common lifestyles, fishermen. Uh, uh, Jesus called some of the apostles were fishermen, but now they're fishers of men's souls. And so God knows how to elevate man when man humbles himself. But God, many times, to go to those places where you're not full of yourself, he has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And that's just that part, that scripture right there, time to speak at a time. Many times we talking too much and don't know how to be quiet. And we were created to give God the glory. So the next time we find ourselves in a situation, learn to side in the word of God and not on your own understanding. Once again, God looks at a man that's able to control his own emotions than him that takes a city. That's stronger than Superman, Batman, and any other so-called superhero out there. God is looking at a man that is able in the midst of a combative situation that he's able to control himself. And we know we can't do that on our own. We need the anointing for that. Uh, like the word said, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is a way to death. 
And so it's so important for us to encourage uh, folks to study the word of God, saints and non-saints, because we know faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But this word right here will begin to patch up the errors of your life where you're not leaning on your own understanding. You're not being spoiled uh, like uh, with philosophy and vain deceit and so forth. After the rudiments of this world, the rudiments are bits and pieces. If we don't put it together, many of us look at certain people in our lives. We look up to maybe even our fathers, our natural fathers and our uncles and cousins, we look up to them, oh, man, I want to be like him. But we, like you said earlier, it's not the way you start but how you end. Look at some of our so-called loved ones that may have had a big name in the street. They were hustlers and so forth. But look at their end. Look what they was reduced to based on that. We, many folks identify with Scarface, and he had it all, you know, so he appeared. The world is mine, but we saw his end. And so we have to take our eyes off of the natural man because the only thing that's going to lead to is destruction. Put our eyes on the word of God, and God will strengthen us, and we'll begin to be able to patch up the relationships in our lives, relationship with our friends and coworkers, because we're not leaning on our own understanding. But God's word came. He sent his word, he said, to heal us and to deliver us from destruction. Wow, that's good, man. I want to read something to everybody about Daniel in the time that he lived in, because Daniel lived in a time where a kingdom that was a Babylonian, the Babylonian was a great kingdom of different kingdoms and language of people. God was still with Daniel in the book of Daniel, chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. And it said, And it pleased Doris to set up over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel, listen, y'all, was first, that the princes might give an account unto them. And the kingdom should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because, listen to this, y'all, an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. When a man ways pleases the Lord, the Bible says, he makes even his enemy to be at peace with him. God is the one that will elevate leaders, his kind of people, all over the world. And we have Daniels out there, y'all, people who know the word of God, but God got them inside corporate America. They're all over, and God has chosen them to be a light into dark places. Remember what we said last week. A light is only at its fullest strength when it is in the darkness. And some of us, you're going to be in dark places as a light. The light serves no purpose, but it's in a big building with a whole bunch of light. You got to take that candle and light it in a dark place so it can bring light to everywhere. And one of the things I love about Jesus, he was not afraid to deal with the sinner man and other people. It didn't intimidate him. 
In fact, he hung around them more than the Pharisees and the Sadducees because he knew they were the ones that needed the truth. And Jesus said, he that is whole does not need a physician. And I love the way Jesus thought, y'all. He, oh, my God, the master was teaching us. So as we deal with all these things that's going on, God gave the bodies of believers the gift of healing. It was um, one of the coworkers at the job that's young and got cancer. And when I do my check at the site, I would do my paperwork, and I went by the house, and she was saying about the sickness in her body. She couldn't work certain hours. And the Lord told me, ask her, can you pray for her? And God said it once. And as she was talking, he said it to me again. And when she got finished talking, I said, can I pray for you, please? And she said, yeah, please pray for me. And I asked, I said, can you stand up? And she stood up, and I grabbed her hand, and I prayed for her. I prayed for her. That God would give her totally healing in her body. This is a young lady, y'all, that has cancer. God gives healing. People are trying to think of ways to mess with the DNA and all that stuff. Listen, y'all, the Lord can heal people. He's still a healer. He's still a healer. This is why we got to move into our purpose, y'all. The only way people are going to know that Jesus is real, for us, we believe it by faith. But always remember, the unsaved people was the one that Jesus went to, and he healed the unsaved people because they didn't know who he was until he started healing everybody. And then they began to believe on Jesus. I'm telling you now, God has given us a great platform to go places and tell people about our God, y'all. And we must seize the moment and know what season it is. The Bible said, the fruit of the righteous is the tree of life. And he that would have sold is wise. And at times, God will put you. I remember Kev was talking about the job he worked at, where he was around, the people he was around. He's around people that got one thing in mind, you're going down. <laughs> when we roll up in there, you're going down. So as a man of God, he has to be able to be that man of God in that light in that place where people are at. When all kinds of things have gone through men's minds, when they're doing their job, we have to be the peacekeepers. And we got to be the ones who make a difference. Whatever job God called you at, you should not be the hellraiser at your job. It shouldn't be you. When people see you, everybody want to call you up to help them with their problems. People want you to pray for them. I got a friend that's in Pittsburgh. He's a lawyer. He's a prosecutor. When you go in front of him, you're going to wait for a very long time. That is his job. But he loves God. He loves the Lord. And me and him talk from time to time. He learned the laws of the land to send people away for many years. You know what they calling this man at his job? A pastor. Now, he don't have the title of a pastor. But people call him when they need prayer. He's not a pastor. But they know that he's a nourisher. He's a builder. He's strengthened. Right in that law room. 
Man, I'm going to tell you, that's a tough job to have, but it's a blessing. Because God got him in places that he represents the Lord through the laws of the land. I'm telling you, God got people every single place. He got saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled doctors too. That he's going to put us in contact with all those type of people, y'all. I'm telling you. So when the saints do need help, they will be doctors who the Lord spoke to their heart, give them the treatment they need. I'm not worried about what's going on in the White House. I'm telling y'all, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not concerned about that. I'm concerned about what God has us to do for our purpose. Because if they was to get rid of Obamacare, I don't have Obamacare, but if they get rid of anything, let me tell you something, folks. God will raise up doctors that say and tell them, go and give these people the treatment they need. I'm telling you, God, if you really want to see the Lord move, he moves in unfamiliar ways, and he's still the God of yesterday, today, and forever more. And there are things that's happening out there. But we, the people of God, he want us to know what's going on, and we got to be the difference. We got to be the verse for everything that happened, like Calvin, like Kev just said, we got to be the one who line it up with the scripture according when these mad scientists is playing God with people's DNA and doing things with them. We got to be the ones that give people the word of God according to what it says. And, folks, he put such an anointing on all of you. He wants you at this time, at this hour. Because a lot of people don't, they don't have a clue what's going on. They don't. God want to use people like Daniel. He saved them in whatever profession they are in, whether it's business, stock marketing, whatever it may be. He saved you for a purpose, and he's going to use you for his glory, for his glory. I want to share something else with you. Verse 8 said, at a time of war, from back in Ecclesiastes 3, 8, a time of war and a time to a time to love, I'm sorry, and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit has he that worketh in that wherein he labors? So God is the one that bring it all together, folks. And I want to encourage you, when you get a chance to go through this book of Ecclesiastes, man, God is awesome. But I want to share one last verse with you guys. And for anybody, again, if you want to say something, you can dial star eight and say something. And I want to hear what Kev got to say. Ecclesiastes chapter eight, verse 11. And this goes back to what the young man called in and when he said about what these doctors are doing. Listen to this. Ecclesiastes 8, verse 11. Because a sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of man is fully set in them to do evil. Listen, y'all. Though a sinner do evil a hundred times and his day be prolonged, yet surely I know that it should be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. It may seem like they're getting away. 
It may seem like they're getting through, getting by, but they're not. They're not getting away, y'all. They're not. I promise you that. And with next week's topic, if it's okay with Will, I I, I wouldn't mind dealing with uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 1, and it says, Dead flies causes the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So does a little folly in him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. Ecclesiastic 10, 1, we want to deal with that next week. It says, dead flies causes the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savior. So does a little folly in him that is in reputation of wisdom and honor. That's a powerful topic. Kev, if there's anything you would like to say, my brother, you got it. Wow, that uh, you know what? It's it's that's a powerful scripture, uh, Ecclesiastes <laughs> ten and one. That's a deep scripture, and praise the Lord. The Lord, we're gonna ask the Lord to to to, to lead us and guide us, and uh, to prepare us uh, for that particular subject because that right there hovers over a lot of people. Um, <laughs> And their lifestyles. But just getting back to uh, Ecclesiastes 8 and 11, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Uh, That's a powerful scripture as well. That's a reminder. Just because you don't accept the things of God, just because you got another philosophy or you got another understanding or you under another doctrine other than the doctrine through salvation through Christ Jesus, just because judgment is not coming upon you quickly, it's not going to stop anything. It's just God is so merciful that he's given you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to repent. But just like throughout the Old Testament with the prophets, one particular prophet, Amos, when he went to Israel, he was from Judah. He went into Israel and began to prophesize about their judgment for what? For idolatry, not believing, not keeping God first, setting other things in a heart, worshiping false gods. Also, they were, uh, they were oppressing the poor. Remind us when we see people on the street who are in need That shows when you have a heart to give to the poor, that shows character because that poor man cannot repay you back. But it's about seven verses in the book of Amos about the children of Israel oppressing the poor, wanting all the things, all the riches to themselves and don't want to share it. Well, Amos was prophesying to what thus saith the Lord. Uh, to the children of Israel that were greedy, that were worshiping false gods, uh, and that were oppressing the poor. Uh, And judgment didn't come right away. It was about 30 years later that judgment came upon them with the Assyrians coming into Israel, removing them from their country, putting uh, Gentiles in it and mixed with the Jewish uh, 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 race. Uh, and so that scripture right there, uh, one thing that, that I say sometimes on, on, on the, the, the street as we're witnessing to individuals, just because you 
don't believe what the word of God says. First of all, when you say it, what I believe, and it's in opposition to what the word of God says, that's blasphemy. But as soon as you say that, uh, you are, and like the word says in Acts 13 and 46, that you count yourself unworthy of everlasting life. You bring in judgment upon yourself. But that scripture right there is a reminder, and you see it says the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil because they don't believe the word of God. Just because judgment is not coming upon you, the word of God tells us that life is in Christ. But if you don't have Christ, you won't see life, and the wrath of God abideth on you. God is so merciful that once the word of God is planted in your heart, he gives you opportunity uh, that that seed may grow. Just like if you plant a seed in the soil, it may not come overnight, but don't wait too long because tomorrow is not guaranteed. The word of God, God has been preserving his word throughout generations and generations. Why? That you may know the mind of God, the will of God on your life. Stop listening to man when man goes against the word of God just because he has titles before or after his name. The word of God say they professed themselves to be wise, but they became fools in the darkness of their own vain hearts. So we have the, the word of God, and I ask folks, who you think is greater, man or God? And they said, well, God is greater. Well, God is greater. Don't you think he knows how to preserve his word? And there's no other gospel. The word of God says if you preach any other gospel, Paul said we preach or an angel from heaven. Any other gospel, let him be accursed. God means what he says. And if he doesn't bring judgment upon those, he's a loving God, a caring God. That's why many of us are still here that don't believe. But God is that, that it is appointed unto man once to die, then judgment. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Just because judgment has not come upon you, that is inevitable. It will come upon you at some point in time, but you don't want to be left out. You don't want the Lord to say, depart from me. I never knew you. God is a loving God, and this life is only preparation. The word of God says our life appears as a vapor. It appears for a moment, and it vanishes away. You don't have time. Tomorrow's not guaranteed to you, because when the clock strikes 1201, it's not tomorrow, it's today. We don't live in tomorrow. We live in today. So this judgment right here, sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. That's only because of the mercy and the love of God has even to the sinner man. Yes, he hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. He doesn't want any to perish. But God, if he says that you either are you either going to be raised unto uh, heaven or damnation, and if he don't bring that to pass, he's left in God. The words that you're hearing from the Word of God is inspired by the Word of God. It's the true living Word of God. And so don't allow man to say how man tampered with the book and all this stuff here. Just continue to trust God. Continue to, he that comes to God must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder to them that diligently seek him. God is near to those that have a broken heart, and he will save the such that have a contrite spirit. To say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've been sinning against you, Lord. I've been doubting your word. I've been in other, believing in other doctrines because you don't want the wrath of God to come upon you. Amen, doctor. Amen. And on that note, what I want to do is I want to 
say the sinner's man prayer for those of you who's been listening to what we are. This is what we are. This is who we are. This is what we do. We're not perfect people, but we serve a perfect God. We have what we call grace and mercy. And that same grace and mercy that has been uh, extended extended to us is extended to you. Um, so if there's anybody out there who'd like to repeat the sinner's man prayer with me, I'm going to say it, and you can just repeat after me as I say it. This is the prayer. It's no one way of saying the sinner's man's prayer. And we call it the sinner's man's prayer because when a man is in sin, so all people sin, but the Bible talks about there is a sin unto death, and there is not a sin unto death. And uh, Paul said, I would not that you would pray for the sin unto death. People sin all the time, but then there's the sin unto death that people never repent of this sin, and they eventually die in their sin, and then they stand before God, and then they get cast away, and the Bible calls this the second death. It's the choice that you want to ask yourself. Do I want to die once but live twice, or would I rather Die. Do I want to live once, I mean die once, but live twice, or would I rather live once and die twice? Mm. Listen, the question is yours. The first death is a natural death, that the body dies and the people cry over it, and they put their abominable food in it, and they bury it. That's the first death. But the second death, Revelation says, to be cast into a lake of fire. Revelation says this is the second death. You go read Revelation in the last chapter. It talks about those who are going to go into God's kingdom and those who never really see the Jesus as Lord, they're not going to get into the kingdom. Remember, it is Jesus' kingdom. It's his kingdom. It is not God's will that any man should perish. God created hell for Satan and his fallen angel. It wasn't created for us. But when sin came upon man and death was passed upon all men through Adam, man was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. God had to make a remedy. He sent his only begotten son in the fullness of time. God sent Jesus to die for all sin. So we don't have to offer up bullocks, sheep, turtle doves, we could come to the throne of God boldly and ask him for forgiveness, and he will forgive you. I don't care what you've done and how long you've been doing it. If you cry out to God, this is a sick world world we live in. And you heard the gentleman called in to say what the doctors are doing. I've been new about that years ago. I've heard about what they was doing with people, the scientists and what they're doing. Folks, there are some darkness that is going on right now that you wish you never hear about. It is some evil going on out there. But if you know Christ and you've given it all to follow him and you've given him your heart, there is a place. This old world is going down. It's a sinking ship, just like the Titanic. The Titanic had all the rich folks, the money, the diamond, the gold, the jewelry, the captain. Everybody was there. The poor people was at the bottom of the boat and all the rich folks was at the top lavishly living. But when that ship hit that iceberg and it ripped it open and all those people went to a cold, icy grave, 
that day. They went into eternity. Every diamond they owned, every gold they owned, who their name was, how much they had, it didn't matter. It went to the bottom of the ocean, and they slipped into eternity. The question you got to ask yourself, where will I spend eternity? When God made us, he made us in his own image. God can never die. He lives for all eternity. He said, I'm Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the end. And he breathed it to Adam, and he became a living soul. Because the Bible said that God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. They will have a soul. They can never die. That is the image that God created us in, the likeness like him. Angels are not made like us. They are a body, and they are a spirit. They can talk to you. They can shake your hand, and then they turn back into the spiritual world. They spirit, very powerful, super intelligent, full of wisdom, to go around the earth seven times within two seconds. Powerful, but they're not made a living soul. Only man is a living soul. Even though they're in eternity, so they don't know what it's like to be like us. The Bible says even the angel desire to look into those things. And it talks about great is the mystery of God. Christ was manifested in the flesh, born of a virgin, manifested in the flesh, created on the earth. God and went back up and received unto glory. We was made into his image. It's a mystery to angels. Now, if an angel sinned, they can never be restored again. We see that with Satan. But if a human sin in this season, like Ecclesiastes said, in this time, they can repent and God will forgive them. Because this is the time and the season of the Gentiles. The Gentiles are those who are not Jews. But one day that season will be over. And then one day, like Revelation said, the angel of time is going to put one foot on the water, the other foot on the land, and swear by him that lives forever. Time no more. If this is the time and this is the day for you to give your heart to the Lord. And so I want to repeat this prayer, and I want to remind you that you are a living soul. You will never die. This earth will pass away. And God said, behold, I'm going to make all things new. But you will live forever. Repeat after me, everybody, on the sound of my voice. Say, oh, God, be merciful to me. A sinner, wash me and cleanse me in the blood of the Lamb. Create in me a clean heart. Renew within me the right spirit and write my name in the last book of life. Holy Spirit, come into my heart and become Lord and Master of my soul. This day, I rededicate my heart to Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you meant what you said and you're sincere about it, we want to welcome you to the family of God. But more importantly, we would like for all of you to get into your word. Start off in the gospel and read your Bible. And then do like my brother Kev said, read the book of Proverbs too. Get wisdom. But go to the gospel and learn about who Jesus was. 
What did he do on the earth? He's the only man that before he was born, it was called B.C., which means before Christ. And after he died, it was called A.D., for after death. He is the Savior of the world. And God is coming back soon. And if you're not preparing to meet God, folks, God is preparing to meet you. The Bible tells us that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole world, the whole earth, to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. He loves you. He's concerned about you. He gave. He said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. And he's going to give you all things. And the next life, in this life, he will be with you. And in the next life, he will still be with you. And you will live forever. You will never die. Never die. Your IQ, when you get to heaven, will enhance itself to a higher level that you lost through sin by Adam, what he did. We're deteriorating. But when we get to heaven, when we die, the scriptures say to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Man, I'm telling you, the best is yet to come. Because now we have hope beyond the grave. If anything goes wrong on this earth, when we take our last breath, for this we definitely would know all would be well with our soul. I'm not taking a chance with my soul. I'm going to ride it out with Jesus. He is my Savior. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I don't think I'm wrong. I'm riding out with Jesus. For the miracles I've seen God do, from the miracles I read about, from the encounter that people had with angels, and they all told them Jesus is Lord, for what I know in my own life, what God has done for me, and things that I've seen that I never even shared on the radio with you guys, supernaturally seeing God do things, it blew my mind. I know he's Lord of the harvest. He's the Lord. He's the God of all the earth. So I'm saying to you, welcome to the family of God. I want to pray that God would just strengthen these Father in the name of Jesus, everyone underneath the sound of our voice. We pray for them right now, God, that you would give them clarity for the purpose in their life. God, I pray that you would bring them to the household of faith, a church where they can grow and hear the word of God. God, if you want to bring them to my church, bring them to deliverance, Lord. We're right there on 20, 2001 West Lehigh. Bring them there, God, and let them get built up and strengthened. God, I pray for their families, for their loved ones, for their aunts, for their uncles, for their fathers, for their mothers, in the name of Jesus, their grandparents. I pray for their children, their grandchildren, Lord, for their sons and stepsons and stepdaughters, in-law, son-in-law, daughter-in-law, in the name of Jesus. God, save the whole household. I pray that you will make them a beacon in that home, uh, a man of, after your own heart, a woman of God after your own spirit, in the name of Jesus. God, move by your spirit and continue to do a great thing with this radio broadcast. I pray that you will anoint all the ears that hear it, that they may grow as they hear the word of God. I pray that we will cultivate the gift in them, that they will be built up on their most holy faith, and that the wisdom of God will shatter them all the days of their life, and your favor will rest upon them. And, Lord, I pray that no weapon formed against them will prosper, and you will keep them. In Jesus' name, to your glory, I pray that you will bless Brother Will, and you will bless my buddy Kevin in the name of Jesus. 
We pray to your glory. Amen. Kev, if there's anything you would like to say, and then we're going to turn it back over to Will, and he can just bring us all in. Go on, Kev. If there's anything you would like to say at this time, uh, the floor is yours. Uh, if there's anyone else who would like to say something, just put star and eight, and we're right here if you want to say one last remark. Kevin, it's up yes. to you when you're ready. Yeah, praise the Lord. Uh, you know, the words say faith worketh by love, and when we're speaking the word of God, it's an act of love. Sometimes feathers may get ruffled, but God wants to get your attention. Uh, the word of God says, if you just consider these things, I say, he'll give you understanding in all things. Just begin, if, if you're not a believer, and I say the sinner's prayer because you have doubt, you don't live your life so long on your own and look where you're at. Do you have joy? Do you have peace? Can you maintain that joy and peace without going to the liquor store or the pharmaceutical street dealer uh, for some type of artificial devices? This is real. This is a real walk with God. And if, if you don't give up on God, he won't give up on you. The word says as you draw near to God, just take one step to God. He'll take more steps to you. Uh, and so uh, just be encouraged. Uh, just give, give our Savior a try. Jesus came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. You're not going to walk in the destiny that God has called, who created you to be, until you answer his call. So just praise God. I just want to keep everyone encouraged. Uh, stay prayerful. Stay in the word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Wow. Amen. Yeah, we just want to remind everybody next week, the answer 10 1. <laughs> Them dead <laughs> rods. <laughs> oh, I will. I'm sorry. Well, people, um, I hope y'all had a good chance to receive service <laughs> in church. This is a show that I said, you know what? I got to have a show called Church, man, because, you know, a lot of times you miss it on Sunday. Shoot, sometimes I miss it on Sunday. I say, you know, I need some church. So why not? <laughs> I mean, the topics, hey, I could come up with a topic any time, but sometimes it's better to fall back and see what the God, see what God do, man. See how God moves. Because even though you don't, you don't know how, what day you're going to go, but if something comes your way, you might say, you know what, today, I'm going to sit back, I'm going to relax, I'm going to see what the Lord about to do. And I say, hey, why not do that, John, <laughs> next Monday, Ecclesiastes 10? Nah, why not? Because it's meant. And right now, hopefully you're hungry. You know what I'm saying? Because God knows how these brothers, and imagine the other brothers, that y'all haven't met that know these brothers and they know them. And then the other brothers that we haven't met that I know that might know them and might know you. And then the other brothers that you might have around you that might know something that need to be speaking eloquently, just speaking positively, just speaking for real in your ear. And then you got the sisters that everybody forgot about. But they never gone. <laughs> so I hope y'all had a very good time today. Because 
Today's not over. See, there's a nighttime coming. Everything happens different at night. I noticed that a lot. Like, people gravitate to the dark more than they do to the light. Think about it. You ever go through any place you might go, you might see more people hibernating in dark places than they do up in the light. Because some people don't want them to see what they got on, who they are, and what they might be looking like at that present time. <laughs> That's the problem, don't you think? Now, this show right here is something straight for your brain. And I hope it ministered to your mind. Oh, Lord. A time and a season. And it's a time and a season for everything. But this is the season, y'all. This is right now the time. We have to become unified. We have to sit up there and open up our minds. We have to not judge a book by the cover. Because if you don't, somebody's going to judge you. <laughs> and God knows you don't want them to judge you on your bad day or on that day that you might stripped up day. And everybody thinking like, yo, you know what, I'm going to take a picture of you that day. <laughs> and that's how you're going to be for the rest of my life and their life and everybody else's life that day presented to the world. Now, would you, would, you, would you be happy with that? Now, you know, y'all do some stuff. Because if y'all don't, y'all name Jesus, and I definitely need to be holding your hand. <laughs> Matter of fact, I need to touch your shoes. Because if you that good, oh, man, oh, man. I need to see what your bank account looks like. No, let me stop. <laughs> but for real, for real, people, all I'm saying is I like for people to just be real, man. But 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 you better be safe. But one of the biggest things, be ready. Because I'm always down with freedom of speech, freedom to grow, and freedom to learn and know. That's why this called South City Radio. See me, I'm a problem, but I'm a problem in a good way. Y'all going to figure that out later. I'm about to turn up. I already told you. <laughs> Y'all going to figure it out later. Then you're going to be like, you know what? I'm like, yeah, you know what? But, you know, that's your problem. You got to figure it out. Because I ain't trying to help you. But I should have been break my brain out trying to make sure that y'all understand me. I'm going to be. And then I'm going to be. And that's when I'm going to be. And I ain't trying to be. <laughs> you understand? I hope you do. So, again, if you got any questions, comments, and concerns, please email me at DJ underscore chill at my.com. That's DJ underscore chill at my.com. And don't forget about tonight, my people. We're On Point Radio. Mr. On Point, better known as Mr. Controversy. Again, we also call himself unknown. You know, that's mm-hmm. more rap party, and you know, he's going to bring something for everybody to hear. And he's talking again about baby dolls, genetically modified designer babies. Whew. That is really deep, y'all. Because if you think about it, and really start to think and take time to think, YouTube is going crazy. Now, I love my Caucasians, but y'all do some crazy things. Why do you like to jump off a roof and hurt your, your, your private part? Now, what's going on? Are people 
trying to do dangerous things to their bodies to make the kids say, yo, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to try that too. And then do it and then be messed up and then they can't have kids. I mean, what, what, yeah. some things that people do is, is really insane. And the worst part about it is you got people that light their stuff on fire. Yeah, hey, put a mask on me. I'm like, no, don't just put a mask on me. Pour this lighting fluid on me and then light me on fire. I'm going to stand here. Yeah. Come on, people! You know, and, and then you got other people who are going to try certain other things like, hey, let's play with the gun. I'm going to shoot the gun at you, and, and, and you won't shoot the gun at me, and let's see who has our better aim. I guarantee you I won't shoot you, and I'm going to try to get as close as possible to you, okay? And then we're going to win the money. You serious? People are losing their minds, and it's not because it's them. It's a spirit. See, each drug you do, each thing you do, brings on a different spirit, people. There's a whole bunch of them out there. There's demons out there. They ready to jump on you. Now, I remember somebody saying you got a headache. <laughs> That's like a demon pound on your head, huh? So you, you better cast that thing away. Cause imagine this. If you didn't think about the headache, would you have a headache? Matter of fact, <laughs> if you was a young buck, if you was a young buck and you had a migraine headache, remember, you a young buck, you growing up, you got 21, 23 or whatever, and a beautiful, fascinating woman walked by you. Would you have a headache anymore? You know, like, hey, wait a minute. Oh, you got to think. Something is there because you're doing too much, possibly thinking too much. I don't know. That's up to you. But all I'm trying to tell y'all people is be ready because things is about to change. Now, again, don't forget tonight, the PIN number is 143-133-POUND. Then you got to push one pound and start eight to talk. Now, the topic now the is, topic. Oh, what's that yeah. I, is, is that you? Matter of fact, you can break it down if that missed on point. Are you still in the building? Because I hear a lot of extra feedback. Okay. Design a baby. He's discussing doctors playing God. Designing your feet is exactly the way you want it. With your baby have green eyes? Well, you want your baby to have straight hair and... And you maybe like to be dark or light. The scientists got it going on. And all they want is your money. Or they would like to pay for you to do it. You know, they'll give you money to do something like that. So by all means, people, take time, check it out. And what I always say is, out. Out means, obviously, you talk. But I always put a twist on it. Who's out? Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.